What's up, guys? It is Modern Crafts and Monday, and this Monday. week we have... John, you're... We tra- Where, where's your Monday? You keep missing it, man. Uh, I thought you were next doing week, like a... Next week, All right, Andrew let's do... From... No, should, we, should, we, should we restart? You came in hot right there. You Who, were me? Like, yeah, you were like on times two. I took... I, I, I drank coffee. Okay, Andrew. Guys, we have Mr. Justin Fink this week from Fine Home Building. New father. Live. New father, eight week old, right? Eight he gets real baby, with yeah. the whole magazine. Yeah, I like. You know, I was hoping he would dig into. I don't want to use the word analytics, but like the behind the scenes and why. You know, we've all talked about it. Why there's so much ad? You know, how, so why are there so many ads in a magazine? And you know, is a, is the magazine gonna die? And you know, what is that gonna do to our industry? And is it you know? Well, is print gonna die? Is, right. So, and he went. I mean. Yeah, he dug into all of that stuff uh, and then some. So, this was a good one. He's awesome. How's the baby? Uh, baby's good. Uh, had to do a little little negotiating to get Aaron to take over while I record this. You know, it's oh, all. Do we, ha- it's, do we have a hard stop now. You got. You guys owe her big time. No, oh. <laughs> it's uh, no, it's uh, she's just she's just starting back at work today. It's the first day back, so she's mm, gonna be eight weeks. Oh wow! She hates you. Yeah. Um, so she's like, get me. She's like, get me out of the house. <laughs> yeah. Well, today she had to go to the doctor today, and it was the first time that she's left the house without the baby. And I was like, oh really? Because I've gone out a bunch of times. <laughs> but uh, don't um, tell her that. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, so so how does it feel? And she's like, it feels like I've lost a limb. You know. Right, but what yeah, a weird so time to have a baby too. Like, so it's many of so, my friends are due right now, and it's like this is just like next level. It's like you have a baby and you're actually trapped home, like yeah, really, so, really trapped home. So I gotta tell you how this unfolded though, because it's it's kind of funny. It's um, so she was due. She she ended up going into labor like three weeks early. Um, it's so your she, baby, right? It's my baby, Tyler. Yes, uh, and uh, it, make we, sure everyone I, understands. I think um, uh, so. So she has a doctor's appointment. You got to have like more and more doctor's appointments as you get closer to your your due date, right? You got to check in. So we go down there, and this COVID stuff is starting to unfold. Um, the first time it was like really hitting was actually I was on my way to to shoot some photos of one of Tyler's projects, and there was a whole. You know, Trump did his whole initial press conference, um, and we we're kind of like, "Well, what the hell's going on? What is this thing?" We go home a few weeks. I guess that was what February, Tyler. Yeah. And uh, so March rolls around, and 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 I'm going. You know what? We're gonna let's just see if we can get the. You know, like I'm, I'm like real Tommy Tough Nuts here. I'm like, we're gonna go to the doctor. I'm gonna tell that doctor that they're gonna induce you because we don't want to be in the hospital when this whole thing lands. We want to be in and out of there before it gets bad. So I go into the doctor's office. They're like, "Yeah, we're not doing that." Uh, like you gotta, you gotta wait until at least 39 weeks before we're going to even talk about that. And I so you know, I'm, I'm driving home with her and I'm, I'm all pissed off. Like, I don't want to go to the hospital and deal with this stuff, be stuck in there for a week while everyone's sick and, and you know, the emergency room's gross. And, um, and uh, we didn't know what was going to happen, right? It was early on. So, uh, we get home and she goes, we get in the house. She's like, I don't feel good. I'm going to go take a nap. She gets up like two hours later and her water breaks and we go to the hospital that night and then like it's like 36 hours of labor um 
And, but there was like, there was no escape from it. It was, it was like brand new for all the nurses and doctors. So like, you know, you're in that room, you guys know you've had, you've had the the kids, you're in the room, you're kind of, you're, you're waiting. You're like, how many centimeters, blah, blah. And you, you know, you step out of the room, you're like, I'm going to go get a coffee or whatever. And you like, you just need a break. You go down the hallway and you go back to the nurse's station. They're all talking about COVID. They're all, ta- they're all freaking out. So it's like, I'm trying to have a trying to like focus on having a baby in here. I don't know what the hell's going to happen with this virus. And then, you know, in the middle, like right after she delivers, there's something, there's complications. He had a brain bleed and some breathing problems. So it's straight up to the NICU. And, um, and I didn't realize this until later, but, um, I was so freaked out, so anxious about that, that I just, put it all into this virus. So I was just like sitting there. We couldn't do anything. Baby's in the NICU. She's still recovering. So we're kind of checked in for a few days. The maternity ward is practically a ghost town because they sent everybody home that was able to move. And so we're like, what is happening? We can't, they won't let any visitors into the hospital. So we're totally isolated. And I'm just sitting there like Googling terrifying stuff on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) And then eventually um, we got the all clear that he was okay. Um, but it was real. it was a really surreal experience to kind of like it unfolded while we were at ground zero at Yale New Haven hospital in Connecticut, where it was like, you knew if it was going to go down, it was going to go down there. Cause it was like the biggest hospital in Connecticut. And, uh, but anyway, so yeah, we don't, it's, but it's amazing how fast you adapt, right? Like Oh yeah, we we didn't. I, I've never had. This is our first baby, so it's. And, and as Aaron says, it's our our one child, as she puts it. So I guess <laughs> we're not having anymore. But um, uh, you know, you don't know any better. So it's just like, well, this is normal. I don't know. I, I mean, we Facetime my parents and her parents, and you know, we went over and visited one time and kept ten feet apart with masks on while they, you know, looked at the baby. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> It's, uh, and the whole, you know, and the whole magazine operation just shifted to remote. So, so, so obviously not going to have a podcast about the whole baby, the baby the whole time, but congratulations yeah. to you. Thank guys. you. Thank you. And glad things are, are good. Um, but speaking of the magazine, so take us like, I want to know. You got off that baby topic real fast, huh? He, yeah. Well, well he, I mean, he he led right up to it. I was gonna let it roll for a while, and he was like, and then the magazine thing shifted. Yeah. All, right, all right, let's roll into it. All right, let's go. <laughs> no, I I mean, you you've been with Fine Home Building for sixteen years now. Sixteen years. Yeah, I started I started as an intern. Um, I was an English major at UConn. Uh, and you know, you get to senior year in college, and everybody starts to do that thing where they're all freaking out about, oh my god, what are we gonna do when we graduate? Like all the kids from like, you know, the accounting department and the, they all had jobs, right? Because it's like they get recruited right out of college, multiple big staffing fairs. For an English major like me and, you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. It was just the thing that I was okay at. I started out as a business major, took like statistics and accounting, you know, and, and just realized real quick, holy cow, I am terrible at this. I am not going to be a business major because <laughs> I had these big dreams of being like a, I wanted to be that guy on writing like really clever commercials for some product, you know, like I, I love when you see the commercials and it's like that classic sales pitch and you're like, damn it, that's genius. Like the Super Bowl commercials. And like, I wanted to do that kind of stuff. So I wanted to get into marketing and, but I was just terrible at the the business end of things. Um, so anyway, I, I, I 
then I knew it was a good decision to switch because I didn't have to talk to anybody about it. I was just like, woke up. I was like, you know what? I'm switching. I'm done. Went down to the, the administrative offices, switched to English major, and then told everybody in my family after. Um, and Wait, uh, hold on. You, you kind of skipped over that. So you were bad at I? business. Well, you were bad at business, but you it sounds like you wanted to be in marketing. Why? Why did you go from business to literature, not business to marketing? Well, marketing was all lumped under the business category. So you went into business thinking you would do Super Bowl commercials. <laughs> well, that, that's I mean, a little bit a little bit of a leap, but I mean that was yeah, it was. Um, I wasn't actually even technically in the business school. It was like you're you're on track to be in it. Um, but I just quickly realized like I'm not hanging with this crowd. People are sleeping through this class that I'm like struggling to sure. to do good at, and I was never a good student. I mean, I was you know. B's and C's, mostly C's in school, even when I tried my hardest. It's just like I wasn't, um, you know, like uh, you could give that whole I'm a bad test taker thing, uh, sure. whatever it is. But it was just never my thing. Um, so anyway, I switched to, to English and uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do with it, but I wasn't really worried. Uh, everybody's freaking out like, you know, what are we going to do when we graduate? Uh, they'd hear you're an English major and it's like, you're going to be an English teacher, right? And so eventually I would just go, Yes. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Cause I didn't know. Um, but I saw, but at around that same time I was kind of getting into woodworking and I was playing around with some projects, just little crappy stuff. Actually, John, you'd appreciate this. Cause, uh, I was working at the rink at UConn. Um, I was the guy in between periods of the game that would move the nets for the Zamboni and, and, uh, you know, uh, blow the little, the horn when this, when the home team scores a goal and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, change the blades on Zamboni at the last minute, that, that kind of stuff. Um, that's, that's a crazy job. It was awesome. Th that change in the blade is like the biggest razor blade you've ever seen. It's, I think it was, Zamboni. it's like what, well, we had an Olympia, not a Zamboni. So it was, uh, I want to say like six or eight feet wide. Yeah, that's a crazy blade. And it's like, like razor sharp. And if yeah. you don't tighten it in exactly the right pattern, it'll leave divots in the ice. And the manager of the ice arena was such a prick. So like he was such a typical like hockey bro who just was so mad all the time. So he hated me. And that was the first job I ever had, honestly, that I wasn't, that people didn't really like what I was bringing to the table. I felt like, wow, I'm working my ass off and nobody cares. Like I'm still the, like the low man who, who's like, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever, go mop something. I just couldn't break through. But anyway, that's an aside. Um, so, so the long story short is they had all these broken hockey sticks there. Like they would just store them like, you know, and so I took a whole bundle of them home and I made a coffee table out of them. And that was like, as stupid as it sounds, that was like the first real woodworking project I made, which I've since stupidly left out by a dumpster when I moved out of some apartment or other. John, don't you have a hockey stick coffee table? I got two in my house. I got <laughs> one of one my kids loft yeah. and, and I just cleaned out the shop and I found another one. Actually, the second one is. Where do you find it? Wait, you out, forgot you had the it. Dorm room. No, I, yeah, I didn't know I had it still in the garage. Like I have like just a couple <laughs> bookcases. No, I the second one I found in the garage is it's got a whole bunch of tools on it. But I did it where it's crisscross hockey sticks underneath to hold up the legs to create the legs. Framed it on plywood out of hockey sticks, and then I put beer bottle caps in like a pattern. And then I put resin over the whole top. So it's it's the strangest thing. Wow. I don't know what the connection is. Yeah. And I was like, when I did it, I was like 16. So I know I went to a bar and asked them for all their caps because I couldn't, I wouldn't drink. So it was like, I literally have a Rolling Rocks like bucket of caps that I went through 
It's yeah, the strangest thing. This, this manager's thing was, I think he, I don't remember what the hockey stick was back then. It was a Bauer something, and it was black and red, and that was like his stick. So he would cull through all the piles and save just those so he could make it all the same. Yeah. And I just took the other stuff. Um, so anyway, I was kind of catching this bug, and I was doing little projects, like little things around the house, whatever I could I could scrap together with all the, all the crappiest tools. Um, and so this, I saw this internship pop open for Fine Woodworking Magazine which is, if people don't know, it's our, it's like our sister magazine. It's focused on furniture making. So I applied to that. Not, not the brother magazine. <laughs> not the sister, the sister. sister magazine. Yeah. <laughs> it's our little bitch sister. Uh, um, so no, I love fine woodworking. So I applied there. You could tell. I applied there and they, they passed my, they're like, this guy's not for us, but they passed my resume down the hall. And so uh, I get Hold a, on, why, why weren't you for them? I don't know. There's no way know. you've been there 16 years and you've never said, "Hey, why, you know, why oh, did Nick, you pass?" Yeah, Nick, they've offered they've offered me a job since then. So it's not Since then, I know, but <laughs> I am I wonder, all right, this kid's an English lit major. They put they're looking for an intern. They must you, have already had somebody. And they were like, "No, no, send them to final building." I don't even know if they had an intern that year. So maybe they just didn't have one. I'm not sure. Okay. Um so I had to basically talk my way through the internship phone call and I, and I get in there, I get in, I get to get to the phone interview and they're like, do you know building? And at that point I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I've, I built a deck with my dad. I've done all this stuff. You know, cause my dad, we didn't have money growing up. So we did all the stuff on the house that we had to do, but my dad hated projects. Like they just stressed him out. He didn't want to deal with that stuff. He thought he was bad at it. So he hated it. Um, was he so, bad at it? uh, he's impatient. Like he's a lot of swearing, a lot of like, you know, he doesn't want to spend any money. So it's like, uh, you know, the jar of 25 different screws all mixed together on the same bench that we put in. It's just like, you're, you're just, Oh my God, like just buy $5 of screws that match. Why are we not doing this? Um, and he's still like that. It's just, he's never going to change. But, um, uh, so I, I kind of got my way in my foot in the door and I went in for the interview and I said, look, if you hire me for this internship, I'm never going to leave. Like I, I was out of college. This was a summer internship. And I said, I'm, I'm just never going to leave. And so they hired me as an intern. And then they gave me a job after that. And I just like, I was so psyched that I ended up there instead of over at woodworking because um, I just couldn't get enough. So I would just, uh, this was back in the days when there was a big booming book business a lot of bees there sorry uh so taunton had like this big robust taunton press is the parent company to fine home building fine woodworking um they had a lot of book titles and we used to have this big warehouse that since have, have offloaded um that had like home depot or lowe's style metal shelving in it just like pallets of books and down at the ground floor under all these racks there was what they called the the hurt books and it was like uh stuff that had a slight misprint or a tear in the cover or whatever. And they just throw them all in there and all the employees could go in and just take whatever they wanted. So I would go up there and I would take stacks like from my hands up, stacked up to my chin whenever I could go and just bring them all home. And then just like, I seriously was that kid in bed at night reading like renovation, second edition, like cover to cover going, I want to know everything there is to know. And I couldn't, it was like insatiable. Like, I just like it made sense to me and having been a kid that didn't do great in school um, 
building just sort of made sense. Like I could, I, I couldn't understand why I could look at a building and go, oh, that's how that's all put together. How does everybody not see that that's how this put together? Like it just clicked. Um, but at the same, but, but during this time of reading and scanning through these books, you, there was no in parallel, like building. Like you there was for for sure. I was trying, but I mean, it was not, it was all informal, you know, at that time, um, you know, I would do some stuff at my girlfriend's parents house. That was like the biggest outlet I had probably eventually I get the idea. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make some money at this. I'm going to do some projects and people are going to pay me, which was like mind blowing that I could do what I loved and somebody would give me money for it. Um, I come to find out that I didn't make any money. Uh, I was awful at the business end of things. It took me like years to even figure out how bad I was. Uh, and I so just you would be, up... you were doing what side projects, you know, yeah. you're working at uh, fine home building full time, yep. right? Yep. And at that time I was working at the home Depot too. I think I, that overlapped a little bit. I was that I, I should have mentioned that that kind of was, I think a helpful in that probably got me over to, to answer your question that landed me at home building instead of woodworking. They might've seen, Oh, this guy works at home Depot. What what division? Oh, I was in the the garden and outdoor building really? supplies. I, w- yeah. I was building materials. I crushed yeah. aisles sixteen and seventeen and eighteen. <laughs> oh yeah, that was my job. I was. Uh, you know, it was. It's, so you were. How many years you worked there, Johnny? Oh God, it was two years. So I I worked there my high school year. So I was doing working at the rink, working yeah. at Home Depot, and then working for my boss. And then I would Jesus. come home weekends from college and work. At Home Depot, I'd do Friday nights, Saturday nights. And yeah, I had a me too. Social life. Yeah, me yeah. too. I would I would drive from Yukon all the way down to the. Yeah. Johnny, it's weird that we've had the same jobs. It's freaking but, me out. Dude, uh, like this is every like you're telling my story. <laughs> Hockey stick furniture. I used to go down the grocery store and out and grab tools. Yep. Um. So, uh, what was I just talking about? I lost my train of thought. I, I, oh, I so asked about working in parallel with projects, you know, learning. Yeah. So. So I would do like basement, you know, I, I, my first job, it was across the street from my girlfriend's house. The first one that was not like a family or friend kind of a thing. This woman was doing her kitchen over, or she was getting new granite countertops for her kitchen. Um, and she had this weird little uh, round extension off the, the kitchen counter. So it was like a peninsula, but it was fully round and just connected by a little bit. And it had a, a cylindrical cherry, um, column underneath it that's that's what she wanted it to look like this design so I, like first like first job out of the gate i'm not like rehanging a door i'm i'm turning a cherry column underneath <laughs> this ugly ass countertop and it had this massive overhang so i had to work with a steel shop local steel shop to to draw and fabricate a big metal plate that would tie into the cabinets, the island cabinets, and then cantilever off and be supported by this post. So I'm, like, I'm completely in over my head. I remember sitting there going, I don't even know if I can pull this off. I have no idea how to do this. Um, I did pull it off. The, the I remember the I drew the detail for the, for the metal fab shop to do the work using MS Paint um, on, <laughs> on my computer because uh, I didn't know how to do anything else. And, um, and, uh, but it was like the feather in the cap at the end of it was that the, the granite installers were like, dude, we've never seen better cabinet support than this on any job. Like this is like, we just wanted, we just wanted like some support. You gave us a metal plate to put it down on top of <laughs> just like way, not knowing just way overkill, you know? Um, 
but then so it just started rolling from there and I would take on I was fearless I would just take on bigger and bigger jobs full basement remodels was a huge thing I did a lot of those I gravitated towards a lot of finished carpentry projects tons of crown molding and mantles and doors and windows um, baseboard flooring uh, I unfortunately got really good at drywall because there's no no way to get good at drywall unless you do too much of it. Um, so just it just rolled and rolled and rolled. Uh, and I had as much work as I wanted to. I was super busy. Um, and that was that was kind of like at that time in my life, I was not um, I was kind of uh, I was the weird dude who couldn't hold down a relationship like I just kind of. I would move from dating one person to the next and couldn't really commit to anybody. And I would just use work as an escape. Like I would just work all the time to avoid. Do you think it had anything to do with laying in bed, reading Taunton press books <laughs> that at night? Probably. At this juncture in your life. Probably. I don't, I don't do well with half measures. Like I get down the path and like even having the baby at home now, it's tough to, to be like, all right, I'm just going to go upstairs for an hour and, and like, frame those knee walls in that in the attic and try and try and make that office space and then like you know that like that little taste it's like why don't you take your why don't you take the kid to your parents house this weekend and i'll just work on this for 18 hours straight you know like i can't i can't it's hard to turn it off you know what's crazy though is i think about that all the time justin is i never had that type of ambition when it came to school never at, at all like never you, you couldn't tie me to a chair and get me to look at something long enough where woodworking time just races by yep. and I have no idea where I'm lost and I'm just so into the step I'm on three steps ahead and then catching that flaw and then working this step so that I don't have that flaw anymore. You right. Know, it's, it's like this weird, like you're saying this and I'm like, same thing. Like I didn't do well in school, but I also didn't really apply what I apply now to my business and carpentry and, and the woodworking that I ever did in school. I right. feel like especially being, you know, with anything hands-on, it's like I was the same way when I would be do carpentry or when I would work on, like, my truck that, that I was building. It's like time, not nothing, like, there was no time. I would work it- until I looked at the clock and then realized, you know, shit, it's 3 a.m. I got work in the morning. And the same thing in school. It's like, John, you, I'm, I'm, you, you say someone couldn't tie you to the chair. It's like I, I pick up a book you know, and I'll read, but I can't read is even though I want to read and like get, grab that knowledge. I can't read more than a chapter at a time because I literally puts me to sleep. Right. Right. I mean, like the only measure of time when I'm doing work is like, there's just not enough of it. Like the day's not long enough. Or someone's Um, like behind or, you know, like you have to be home for dinner or the kid or like, there's like like something guilt. Yeah, right. it's like like I remember early on when you guys were recording episodes, Nick, and you were talking about um, you know being in that you had like that little shop at the time, and you'd be out there cranking out when you were still doing cabinetry and things, like in the middle of the night, just trying to get it all done. Yeah. And I'm going, how the hell's Nick doing this when he's got a wife at home? Like I <laughs> I feel guilty for you, you know? Oh, I feel like guilty. It was just. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was. I I think the word guilt is really important. I think a lot of us probably feel that way. You know, because we are, we're in a trade that we all genuinely love and we're doing something like when we're at work, it, for us, it doesn't usually feel like work. Right. Yeah, sure. If something's bad, bad's happening and like, you know, then it's bogus and you're, you're pissed off. But when it, you're in, when you're flowing and and things are cruising, it's like, 
you 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 do have this level of guilt where it's like you know even when i'm working here it's like we're doing the podcast and you know now that we're doing it from home it's like i can hear my kids screaming downstairs right and i know i just want to text my wife and be like hey i'm sorry that you're dealing with it yeah. right now and i'm up upstairs hanging out with my buddies yeah <laughs> I feel guilty until I walk in the door and then my kids are monsters and I'm like, oh my God, I kind of want to go back to work right now. I have like 10, 10 minutes of them. But I remember even in school, I would constantly be focused on the clock or how much time yeah. left I had until I got done. I just couldn't wait until the school day was over. Uh, and that was that was throughout my entire academic career, um, college and everything else. It was just like I was there because I had to physically be there, but I was checked out. And now any day that I'm on the job, I'm looking at the clock to see how many hours or how much time I have left and how much more I can get done. Right. Which is the complete opposite. Right. Of, that's, that's exactly you know, right. 18 years of my life. But the thing is, like, and then. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not like trying to blow rainbows up anybody's ass. I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely a lot of days doing, doing projects. And I don't do a lot of side projects anymore, but when I did a lot of them, I mean, there's days by the end of the day, you're like, why am I doing this? I hate this. I'm so sick of it. Like, I just want to like, oh, I can't, I can't, I got four more months of this remodeling project until it's going to be over. And then I'd go home and I'd take a shower and like two hours after that, you're like, let's do it again. I'm psyched. Let's go. Yeah. Like it just resets so fast. Um, like you're just pushing that, that limit of, of how much you can get done. And, uh, like, and I'd be annoyed that I had to stop to eat. Like, God damn, like I gotta stop. I gotta get lunch. Like tomorrow I'm packing a lunch cause I don't want to stop. You know, I'm just going to like, I'm going to stop at this place and I'll grab some peanut butter and a loaf of bread and <laughs> so I can keep going, you know? I still don't really stop for lunch. I only stop for lunch when people are on the job with me. Yeah, I, otherwise I I'm I'm like I, I just want to keep working. I just can't do it. Like the metabolism, it feels, it feels like you're doing it for them. Yeah, yeah. It, no, I definitely am. I wouldn't like yeah. I'm by myself right now. I don't stop for lunch. How do you keep your I energy just, level up then? I mean, I eat, but I don't. I'm not gonna sit down and have a full meal and then check emails and listen to the radio. I just oh yeah, I get it. Take, yeah, take five minutes, eat, get back to work. Right. It's like I'm a, not sitting around on a bucket for a half hour looking, hey, we got five minutes left. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Counting it down. No, it's like the other day I was, it was a Friday and I was like wrapping up everything and I really have this thing in my head where there's a presentation that doesn't really happen where the client walks through in the weekend, but I want to make sure everything looks tight and clean, whatever. So I literally walked out with my guy, John, walked out of the house, got in my truck and everything and let John start his and drive away. And I then, once he was out of like, I shot I got out of my truck and went and cleaned the house so I was like I don't want him to come hang with me and yeah. have that burden on him but I was like this is my thing and I want to vacuum this I want this to be right and and everything like that but it is a weird thing where you you find yourself doing certain things to kind of conform to the norm but in reality you're like all right is this over yet can I go back to work yeah right, right. I, I'm wondering if it's going to start to transition into like I was talking to Rob Yegan about that today because he's got two little kids at home and he's like yeah dude why do you think i'm remodeling my bathroom at nine o'clock at night after all the kids are in bed like that's you just got to figure it out and i'm going yeah that's the one the one frontier i haven't tapped into is that whole like uh when everyone's asleep let's start working who was it you guys had on that was that uh is it jay him that yeah. does the 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 side business but it's like all after his wife and kids go to bed 
Yeah, I don't know if that's still the case with him, but no, he's full time now. He's full time. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it was he. We, and we didn't we find that out on the podcast. Like he was he in the military? No. Yeah. He, he, yeah. yeah. A military base or something. Yeah. yeah. In the day. And yeah, it was like his kids would go home. They would go to bed, and he'd be in the garage late night. You, I, I've been. I should give you guys a. Uh, give you guys your your preppers uh th- this podcast is awesome like I've, I've i've been crushing through all the episodes it's i mean i, I know you, i wrote you guys a review but a while back and it, we read it I, did you hear us I, read I meant, it yeah i meant yeah. every word of it you guys <laughs> like it's it it really has grown into some some super cool stuff and i've really been surprised by a lot i mean it's surprising good ways and bad ways like listening to financial discussions and going how is somebody interested in doing this every day like <laughs> being a spec builder and having to figure out like, oh, you want this? You got to watch out for points on the back end of this one. What you want to do is split it. And I'm going, <laughs> oh my god, why yeah. would somebody want to do this? Um, but that's what I, it takes. I say right? it every like, week. I it's we like as much therapy. as it is for like the listeners and and who we're talking to. It's literally an, an emotional roller coaster every time we talk to people. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get these like highs and lows, and like I should quit. I should definitely start a, this division. I should do this. And uh, Johnny gave me some some crap last week, saying, you know, don't 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 change every week. But it's like it's just <laughs> it's I lo- like that's what I love about it, and I think that's yeah. what why it's grown into something. You know, thank you for complimenting us, but so great because it is this you know emotional roller coaster that we all just we're sitting here chatting about it, and it's like yeah, the the lows are low, the highs are high, and everything in between is just everything in between. And yeah. it's just, it's fun. It's like, you know. And we're not putting on a persona. Like, no, and that's, it's genuine. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, I, that's what I like about it. Um, And it was funny because just recently on Instagram, I, I, I think it was Jake Bruton had posted something about losing a lot of money on a job or having like a steep learning curve. So I thought, let me, let me kind of have a little solidarity here. And like, he's, he's laying down some personal stuff. I'm going to post this picture from this basement remodel I did like, you know, 2008 or something where I lost my shirt. And, you know, like you get into this groove on Instagram where the same dozen people comment on everything you do. Mm. But that one it was getting all these DMs from people I never knew were following me. And like everybody like, oh, man, I'm in the same boat it was exactly the same situation. Because it's as relatable. You were I, That's yeah. That's what it is. It's, and it was everyone um, wants to hear. No one gives a shit if you uh, are like all the pretty stuff you do. Not from peer to peer. Like the clients. Yeah. yeah. But peer to peer, they want to know how you lost your ass and then recovered from it, right? That's right. Or, or how you got to that tight miter. Like I don't. If I see another like tight miter coming together, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna barf on my phone. Like I want to like show me your setup. Show me, show me like oh this was my miter saw when I came out of the box. Here's how I get it dialed in so I can get this cut. Oh like oh this is the blade I'm using. Here's how I clean the pitch off the teeth. It's funny. Oh, like, this- I, you know? I, and I think this kid I, I think he listens and I hope he I hope he does and I hope he uh, DMs me but uh, he's local young kid works and his father owns his company and he I mean he's constantly he flies through trim he's incredibly fast he's always taking up close shots of the miters talking about there's no tighter miter, miter and blah 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 but what I love about it is, like he like it's just his persona and it's so much energy and it's like you know screw you guys like we we're the best we're fast we did this in two days boom 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 and then he's and then he'll talk about it. he's like I don't need any fancy clamps I don't need old school man old like and just talk about all the old school and I'm like I kind of like that. I'm like everyone's like doing all, 
getting new equipment, using the lamello, yeah. the fest. Like I get it. Like we we use it. The clamps. Like, but then it's like this kid's probably mid twenties and he's doing it old school with a you know a Dewalt table uh, chop saw, achieving just as good if not better quality and putting everyone on blast for it. And it's, it's yeah, it's entertaining. Yeah, I mean it's like. It, Instagram is such a cool place because it's so all over the place what you take out of it. My my, I don't post all that much anymore mostly because I don't do as much work. And my thing with Instagram was I wanted to not use it as like this, as Johnny always says, the humble brag or or, or like, you know, look how tight this miter is. I wanted to be able to teach something like that because that's what I'm interested in is like breaking down complicated topics. That's what we do with the magazine, breaking down complicated topics and making them understandable for people. And I wanted to like, here's a cool trick. Here's how I've solved this problem. Um, and then I look at Tyler's work and I'm, and I'm just like, whatever, I'm going to quit. Like, this is so good. I like, <laughs> I can look at, yeah, you look at Tyler's stuff and you're like, oh, I still got work to do. Yeah. No, it's like, no, it's not even that Johnny. Cause like there, there used to be, I used to play guitar a lot and then you'd listen to like, you know, you'd go to a, like a concert and somebody would play, you're like, you're thinking I'm pretty good. I'm getting good at this. You go to a concert, you watch somebody nasty play. And, you, and your immediate reaction is not, I want to be that good. It's just here, take my guitar, I'm done. Yeah. That's what I get when I look at Tyler's stuff. I don't feel inspired to do better. I feel like I want to give up. <laughs> I feel like I'm like- super. I, I, that's super nice. I appreciate it. <laughs> I was like, I, my tile guy is really coming along, really good. And then Tyler keeps posting and posting and posting these tile shots of every cut being perfect. And I'm like, you guys suck. Dude, that- <laughs> I have a whole tile crew on a house and I'm like- you suck. You suck. You need some work. Can we dial I'm just this? Just by myself. That's why. Well, not know. only that, but you're. I mean, I mean, you'll be the first one to admit, Tyler, that you've got this inner demon that's like yeah. won't let you stop. Like it's it's like a curse. It's a blessing and a curse, right? No, absolutely. It's a different um, frequency, man. He's like that tortured genius. Like I got to yeah. get this perfect. Whereas I can go, yeah, that's good enough. I'm leaving. You know, Dude, we should we should film like a Goodwill Hunting, but you as like that genius. I feel like it, no? it just it I'll lay out on the window and be Sharpie. Cool. Yeah, it kind of compounds itself because once you start getting things start looking out of place if they're not right. Yep. You know, if, if you have absolutely plumb level and square walls and you put a cabinet in or you put a tile in and it's a little bit off, you can now tell that you're cheating. So I feel like I've created a monster. Um, but that's, you know, somebody commented the other day, um, is this for you or is this for the customers and it's for both it's what i want to be doing so i've developed a business model that suits that but i also find customers that that's what they want yeah what is that old saying uh what i do is for you how i do it is for me mm. um i always thought that that really rang true and i you know people that are like they get on this line of you know well you know is the customer paying you to fuss that long on that shower niche it's like screw off man like yes they are otherwise they can hire somebody else like that yeah, and like that. maybe maybe they are in some aspects and maybe they aren't and maybe i gained some time on something up front it once it gets to that point of the job i could easily lose a fair amount of money because i just get so buried in what i'm doing but that's a benefit of staying small and not having a huge overhead that i can afford to be able to do that um, and then my customers, you know, I, I'm not rushed or I'm not paying a ton of people where it's like, let's just get this done. And I mean, that's all deliberate on my end. 
Nick, does it feel like he's talking directly, directly to you and me when he says that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I'm, I'm like just sitting here. Th- I, you know what I keep thinking about is he posts that photo. I'm watching him put that um, subway tile shower together. The niche looks great. And I'm, But in my head, I'm always like, you know, the, mo- the, the shot that you want to see is like the planar wall or like direct on when the sun's hitting it to see like, are they really flat? And he posts it, I think, Friday afternoon. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like that thing that thing looks grouted and done and it's not it's and not it's but like, you know what and it's, Ev- and it's but everybody's, mint but i actually looked at it today and i was like wait is there grout in this or not and i was and then i realized there wasn't i was like because it always looks better when it's grouted it looks it usually doesn't look great <laughs> when it's not the my customer was just texting me that at the beginning of this podcast like it's not even grouted yet and it's flawless yeah it I'm like, usually I'm like, doesn't hurry look up. that good yeah i'm like hurry up and get the grout on so i can feel better about how this goes but you know what everybody's got their tyler i mean i don't know who tyler's tyler is maybe it's josh oduin out in the west coast doing yeah, ridiculous I mean, he does amazing work ridiculous shower niches and he's and he's uh was it what sorry that reminded me there's an it was an old article that tom Meehan, who used to be a I mean, he's still a tile installer, but he used to write a lot for us. And he said, uh, I call them shower niches unless I want to charge more money. And then it's a niche. Yeah. I think that there's, there's certain people that you look up to and you respect their work and you kind of aspire to be that. Josh's work, Josh's tile work, Josh's layouts have always been amazing. I've loved watching him kind of build his business. He's always, I feel like, been at the top of that self-performing game. But there's a ton of people with every trade that, you know, you want to get to that level. And the what happens with me is I'm self-performing so many. So I'm getting an opportunity to kind of learn so many different trades and then try and hone that craft on so many different trades. I'm not just setting tile. I'm not just doing trim carpentry. So my, if I'm going to self-perform that many trades, I don't, I don't want to be decent at any of them. I want to be as good as I can be. If not, I should be hiring it out. Yeah. I think John, like you said, does he, does it feel like he's talking directly to us? And I think, you know, there's been times where I wish, I wish I've ripped tile out. Like we're speaking specifically to that. And we had one recently where um, we had a small warranty issue we went back for and he made, and the client made a comment about one of the tiles that we let slide. And it was like, we finished the job. We noticed it. I pointed it out. I said, I wanted to fix it. He didn't want us to. He was happy. It was good. And it was a year later he made a comment on it. And Oof. and I was and it, because it, we were there for a warranty issue. And he was like, I'm going away. You guys can come in this week. We can uh you can take care of the warranty issue. I went there, ripped the tile out. So did, and did it, you one of my questions is did you point it out to him or did they see it? Because I feel like I pointed it out. Like so my thing is is that he planted the seed. Sometimes I told my guy this the other day, sometimes we just need to learn when to shut up. Yeah, but like, I, I don't think like no, that's... no, but but it, to your level, I'm not saying not take it out. Mm-hmm. I'm not arguing that point. Well, the I think this is what you did, were getting at last week, right? You gave it, you gave him the option. They opted out, but then they can stew on that, and then they right. threw it back in your face. That's the I, what I should have said is, hey, that tile is out. I'm we are replacing it. Exactly. Not asked. Not an option. Right. You're, you're, yeah, I agree with that. And, and what is it about? What is it about when you're building something? I have a huge. I have this problem in spades where, like, the whole time I'm building it, I'm going, "This is gonna be so cool. 
wait until I show this picture to, you know, to my, my wife or wait until I, I, I text this to the guys or I put it on Instagram. And then as soon as I'm done, I'm so proud of it. Somebody comes and looks at it. I'm like, yeah, but look over here and this is marked up and this is where I screwed up and that's where I miscut and I had to fix it. And it's like, you can't just shut up and let the work be good. Yeah. It's well, like I every mean, job. Yeah. It's like I mean, every photo of my photo. <laughs> like I look, I'm like, this is a great photo. I'm going to post this later. Then at like nine o'clock tonight, I'll look at it and be like, oh, that's wrong. It needs to be fixed. <laughs> that's shit. Like, and you guys I are so out. tortured. Oh my god! <laughs> you know my biggest thing about this whole thing about Tyler is that I think it's a super bummer that the guys that tile my products or even in our industry in our area don't have the reference point of Tyler. Yeah, you get me. I'm not just trying to blow smoke, Tyler, but it's like I wish they would see that because they would up their game. Because I think a lot of those guys they burn through so much tile on a weekly basis on a on a a year. Yeah. It's just another tile job. Dude, I where, sent I send Tyler stuff and like yeah. any of that crazy stuff, I send it to my, my tile guy. I'm like, dude, see? And he's like, oh, I never thought of that. I'm like, just like, I'm always planting it. It's like this, like these are, this is what we're trying to achieve. And it is, it, become, it, it becomes those immediate, like, you know, like Andrew had said on the podcast, it's like, just, hey, we're ripping it out, we're replacing it. It's not an option, we're not the... We're not talking about it. Let's. I'll pay for it. Whatever it is, like these are the standards that you you, you need to li- live up to. And I, I you know, but the, I mean, for the for most people, they don't have an army of employees. So like setting that high benchmark for the guys to install to is crucial because if I bounce to another job and someone's not there, and, and honestly, a lot of subs play that game where hey, I'm gonna set it the way it's easiest as possible and and put it on the GC or the or the builder to say. Rip it out. They're going right. to call your bluff, meaning they're going to put in a third of that floor and it be wrong and, until someone says rip it out. And guess what? The first time you do that and you put a mudroom in and someone sets it their own way, even though you reviewed it, and you don't pull it out, guess what? They own you. Right. That tile crew will do whatever they want on every single job. And it's like now I have a relationship with guys. That's why it's a hard time to move stuff where – I walked into the herringbone floor at Suffolk County, at Suffolk uh, Custom, and they were ripping the floor out. I hadn't even seen it yet. And I was like, what's going on? And they're like, uh, it lays out like trash. And I was like, great to know. Let me know when it's fixed, and I'll come back in. But that doesn't happen overnight. So, But now it's like you have to almost, there's like one company will have four or five installers. I don't know who I'm going to get on that job. Like today, I'm super bummed out that we have that butler's pantry that's amazing. And we had one row of tile left after we put in the, the nickel countertops. A different guy showed up for that one row. And guess what? I can't walk by that room that's five feet wide <laughs> without flipping out. And so I'm like, I need the other guy to come back, rip this tile out, put it in right, because there's tens of thousands of dollars, endless hours involved, and all I see is that last row. Johnny, right. do you still have access to that guy that we shot the backsplash article with? Dude, I reached out to him. He left that company, Tim. Yeah, you want? I, I guarantee yeah. you want to know why he left. It's probably because he was too slow. Yeah, exactly. Because I, 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 we would, so it was like a background. And this was like, a, we don't usually work like this where we just kind of throw the dice and say, uh, let's just go shoot something. But for this project, for some reason, we I can't remember the backstory. Like we had a backsplash project yeah, and it, it fell through. through. Yeah. It fell through and we needed something to fill a slot. So I said, Hey Johnny, do you have anything going on in your house? And he's like, yeah, we're just about to do a backsplash. I, ne- I had no- we didn't even know who the installer was. 
So I show up there. I'm like, yeah, this will be like a day. I think we were there for like three days. You were. <laughs> and, that, and that guy, that guy was like, that's, that's Tyler's Tyler. Yeah. Like he was, he was, in, he was incredible. Like just the level of detail and like, but how he could explain it. Like he would, you know, like it's our job as the editor when we're going to shoot these things, like we get to, um, we get to ask all the dumb questions and it's not like a, it's not like I'm trying to challenge for authority with this. It's not like, well, how come you cut it that way? I'm not doing it like, cause I know a better way. It's more like, I want you to just say it out loud so that you can, you can be like, well, you know, I don't, I don't usually cut it this way. Usually I do it. Let me just show you the way I usually do it. You know, like I'm trying to get to the point where they're, they're realizing what they're doing. Um, but he was able to be like, I'd be like, well, how do you know? And I've done so many jobs where I ask the same question of how do you know what the right ratio is to mix this to whatever it is, drywall compound, thin set, grout, whatever. And he'd be like, I know it's right when I can dip my finger in it and I can, and the thin set hangs off my finger without falling. And he holds up his finger in front of my face. And I took a picture of it. And I was like, that's like my favorite picture. Cause it's like, he's, he had, he had the answer immediately how he knows. And it's not like, Oh, I just know. Cause I've been doing it for 30 years. He knew yeah. how to teach it to somebody. And in every step of that project was like that. Um, yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. I reached out to him a while ago. Cause I, this big house in Dover, I was like, I will park him there. Tyler, you'd love him because I was like, I'd walk into his job and he would tile the whole house. And I'm like, yo, why don't you get a guy that mixes for you? He's like, nope, <laughs> nope. Like it wasn't like Justin just said, it wasn't like, yeah, you know, I thought about it. He's like, nope, I don't care what task it is. I'm the only guy doing it. Yep. And he did not care. He did not. He's been doing it so long that it was not an option. He was just like, I know my mix. I know how long it lasts. I know how much to do. I know all these things on how fast I can tile with this amount of mix. And it's not going to be like, I'm going to be getting to a, the point where I have to add a little bit of water. And then I dilute the, you know, he's, he's like really dialed. He's so dialed in. I've reached out to him a few times just to check in on him, like a wellness check. And he left. <laughs> and now he just does like his own thing here and there. And I've asked him like on a certain job, I'm like, can you come and just tile this? He's like, yeah, absolutely, man. He's a so, good guy. So why don't you just have him be your guy? You found him. That's him. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever okay. he wants to charge. No, but the straight up reason is, is I, I haven't gotten to a point where I have the right projects for that person. Nick's about to slow down. Nick, he's, about, he's about to be Nick's job. Yeah, Nick's no, I, I, guy. Just, I feel like it's, it's tough to, I feel like it's certain people after you know what they do and their passion for it, certain products that we do is an insult to them and their qualifications and their, yeah their level of craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. And until I find that right one, like I still do it now, like certain painters will fit the right mold and plasters and everything else. It's, and then once we get that level up, I have that kind of group of people that will be the perfect fit for that. And they'll feel like they're being represented correctly in the work. It's a really, we overthink, all of us do what we do, but that's how I think. I'm like, Tim would be great for this. Like that house in Dover, like the tile layout. I'm like, You'd be great. So I did check in with him. I'm like, hey, you available? Right. Would that be cool? And then, if, you know, budgets and whatever else. I'm like, I'm not going to call him and be like, hey, can you come down on price so I can use you? That conversation is never going to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to put him through it. And it's no, rude, no. rude of me to ask. No, but it's, it's interesting what you say because, I mean, it is, it is sort of like, I know this is beneath you. I know we're just putting in subway tile for a backsplash and, and you could do anything that, that's made out of tile. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. It's funny, even with tile, 
I remember, I mean, I learned so much about tile, even layout over the years and looking back on jobs when I first started thinking, what the heck did I ever, what, what was I ever doing? But issues I've had where I've learned, even with the layout, a tile guy that's going to lay tile out a certain way and install tile a certain way because it's going to save them a cut on every other course or every course. It's like, that's just wrong. You know, it like a cut is a cut. If that's what you need to make your layout work, you have an extra however many cuts on a good tile job, unless it's large format. You're going to have so many cuts along the way that that's just part of it. And yeah, you're going to have finished edges and unfinished edges that you kind of need to dress and all that stuff. But early on, I learned that, that like when you walk into a job and you see it's like a full tile here and then a half tile here, and it's just so that they could save themselves on that install that it's just so wrong. Do you guys feel like you have certain things when you go into a house or into a restaurant that you, that you key into like that you, I remember being at lunch. I think it was with uh, Cliff Popejoy, who's an electrician. And, and I was like, my eye immediately goes to like, Oh, look how crappy the shoe molding was put in or like that, that baseboard, like, oh, they screwed up that reveal. And I'm like, and I was talking to him, like, do electricians have that same thing? And he goes, he's, he made direct eye contact without looking at the ceiling. He goes, yeah, I've already looked at every one of the junction boxes in the ceiling and I can't stand how they're laid down. And I didn't even see him look at it. And I, so I'm just kind of curious, like it, it reminded me of a Tyler because every time I go into the restroom at, at a restaurant, I, I immediately go, to, I immediately go to the tile layout. And I'm Always like, does, it, does it, does it start with a full one and end with a slice? These guys Always. were lazy. Yeah. Always. Not, not always. Sometimes they get it right. I've never, probably, I've never seen a probably good just commercial so tile bathroom. But like, I've never had. I have no talent for floor plan layout at all. So I always wonder, like, do architects walk in and go, like, wow, they really boned it on this layout. Like, this yeah, has I'm no sure. flow. And I would love that. I'd like to be able to build up that skill to be able. I don't to, know if that's a skill. I feel like those type of layouts, even kitchen layouts, it's a bird. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's an actual skill or that's almost something that you're born with that perception or that you can just feel if a space is right. I, you know, I can I can mimic things. Um, I could take details from somebody else, but to just come up with something out of nothing to see a square or a rectangle and then create this space. I don't know if that's learned behavior. I'm sure that you could fine tune those yeah. things through, but I think so much of that is just like a talent or uh, a gut that you're kind of born with. I agree with that. I couldn't, I can't start from nothing. Like if someone said, draw up your dream house, I would have no idea what shape that would be. Yeah. I would but if someone, if someone took my stuff. thoughts and started it and put up, hey, this is the floor plan that makes sense, I could absolutely improve on that like each individual room, but I couldn't, I, I have, I, I can't do the floor plan thing. I, I think you need to challenge that and try it. Cause I think it's one of the I have. challenges I, I, I'm doing. I did it for you, my house. I, dude, I've drawn my, this house I'm in literally a hundred times, but you need to like, when you like, I almost think of it like for Justin, it's like a writer's block. When you've yeah. gotten to a point where you can't figure out how something works, then you need to move that above you. And like, I'll bounce it off my architect and be like, Hey, can you play with this? And then they kick it back to you. And it's like, it's like an adult talking to a 12 year old. It's like, Oh, this is what you have to do. And you're like, Oh yep. shit, of course. But I think going back to the other topic of like, what do you look for? I found that I don't look for one in particular thing. I scan a room and then there's a rhythm to like layout and everything. 
And then it's a, a, a thing of what is wrong. It may not be the trim. It may not be a cope. It may not. It's like what proportions are wrong. What's the layout? Mm-hmm. I'm like, something feels wrong. And then it's like, all right, what is it that is wrong? And then you keep looking around. And you're like, oh, I figured it out. The layout of this wall, this it's the craziest things. But yeah, I will. I'm not as sly as most people. I will sit there and stare and be like, <laughs> I, until I get it. And I'm like, ah, oh, there you are. <laughs> I got it. We went to dinner with, with Nick at Cucan when they came to town. And I was like trying to figure out what was wrong with that layout in that restaurant. It was like, it was the proportions of something. And I was like, it took me forever to figure out what it was, but it will still be like, oh, what, what is it? Oh, it's that. I have, so I, I have zero memory. So like every time I go out to dinner with my wife and I'll be like, it's You've really named like six people that I have no idea who they are. Like, no, Christian, no, but like, I have, I have no memory for things that I've said like so i can't oh, remember yeah so yeah so uh so like i'll go out to dinner i'll be like wow it's really loud in here you know what affects that is like this really you know the the ceiling has all these hard surfaces and she just kind of looks at me and goes oh. i'm like what she's like do you have any idea how many times you've told me the same thing <laughs> i was like no i feel like this is the first time i've ever said it <laughs> but it's not I, gonna get it's probably not gonna get any better. yeah i know it's gonna just be just just terrible ease me right in ease me right into the old folks home but tyler i i don't know i disagree a little bit i think there's um i think it's definitely something yeah there's a talent for it um but you could definitely learn how to take uh take somebody's uh, the way they live what they're what they're looking for out of a house and and you can you can design a house that makes that work um i mean you got you're a remodeler so you're you're excellent at going into a space and going, well, what if we took this wall down? I mean, and Nick, you do the same thing with, you know, you show some of these before pictures and you're like, dear God, how the hell did you see this kitchen in this place? You know, like, cause I just see just, you know, this is a mess. Um, but see, I, think, that's, I okay, think what's, I'm, I think what's scary is the blank canvas. Yeah. Agree. But let me stop you there because the, that, that's why before and afters are so popular. That's why like, um, fixer upper is so popular because you get to see the dump and then it ends with a pretty picture right when when i'm when i put up a before and or when anyone puts up a before and after the whole point is to have this like holy crap like swipe back and forth look at how it looked before i didn't necessarily stand in that space and look at that dump kitchen and say oh i know exactly what this is going to look like that you know the process in which you know that happened was extremely long and doing like the before and after photo or like a show that does that it you know that's the that's a big problem that we have with tv right because we look at it's like that's not how that happens this isn't a 22 minute ordeal this is you know this is months or or but but it kind of does i mean i've walked into several houses where people go there's something wrong with this can you fix this and i always have to do the disclaimer like this is my 30 second like dump on this house and you have to come up with that all the time. I mean, I found like we do some renovations and we've done more custom where it's like, even we've had a, a, an amazing architect in, in Massachusetts, one of the best do a design. And the, the client calls me and goes, Hey, you know, I don't know what's wrong with this. Can you come fix it and look at the layout and you have to walk it and go, all right, what is that you want? And you have to take in, it's like those weird movies where you walk in, but you've, 
you've remembered every piece of, it's like that murder and you're like there's an evidence there evidence there yeah evidence here and you're in i recently did it and it's a house where he's like here's the design they're going to do the bathroom and the addition and the closet's going to be where the bathroom was and he goes i don't love it and i walked through their entire house and everything's really modern in their house like every picture has a black frame on it that's it's timeless and and i'm like dude we could totally leave the bathroom the way it is do the would you be comfortable with doing the tub and the shower heads then doing that glass frame where it's just black which would match every one of your pictures on the way up here and then you have vanity in front of us toilet room on the right which was completely different what was done and he's like yeah i left there found a photo that was in my phone sent it to him and go hey this is very similar different tile obviously this is the way to play it out but it's like that was a 20 minute walkthrough hmm. and i just it's what comes natural to you and if you have to renovate a house to solve people's issues you have to first listen about what it is that their needs are yeah then right. what the refinement or confinements are of the house itself if you have to keep i just did it this weekend so Friend of mine was like hey you know interest rates are super low i might think about keeping the footprint or not and i'm like what are your thoughts like what are your needs what do you want before i even walk inside and they're like well this is the kitchen we have four kids blah blah I have to walk through that and come up with an idea in that 30 minutes. Right. Like you don't have a choice. It may not be perfect. It can get refined. Yeah. You're, you're laying the ground rules for sure. Like you're, you're seeing the space and seeing how it can be improved. And I, and I wasn't discrediting that. I think it was more, I was making the reference to what it, it's going to look like the pretty photo in the end. It's like, there's a lot of steps that it takes to get there, you know? Oh, it's the, it's the TV magic. I remember, I remember, uh, um, watching, and this is only like a couple of years ago. I was at my parents' house and they put on this old house and they were watching um, the landscape guy. He was either landscape guy or Tom Silva. And he was doing, um, you know, he's, he put down his, his box beam level and uh, on something. And then they, they showed the bubble and it's perfect. And my dad leaned back in a chair and he goes, of course, like they, that guy nails it. Tom always gets it perfect. And I'm like, hold on a second. And I'm like, I've been on enough of these shoots. I, what really happened right there was the wide shot. He put the level down. They cut to a close up of it being perfect. He probably had his finger under one end or whatever you have to do to make it perfect. And then you go back to the wide shot and it makes it look like he's perfect. And my dad's like, oh, all right. And it's like, you don't even stop to think as a viewer that you just got played a little bit. You know, because even if he did get it perfect, they can't get that all in one shot. They have to switch to a close up. So like, it's just, it's that kind of stuff that drives me insane with people just kind of, that don't understand what's going on in these shoots to make I everything also, look perfect. I also wish I never knew that. Sorry. Like, I, no, I'm, I'm just not, not you, but like even my kids, I've told them all this stuff and we'll watch a movie and they're like, so you're telling me all the people in the crowd are extras. And I'm like, yeah, they're, yeah. All, paid, they're all paid to be there and to, so, and to cheer at the same time. And now I'm like, God, I'm ruining everything to them. Like every ad they, they watch, it's like, oh, and free shipping. And they're like, not free. It costs money. Like, yep. It's like they're oh, I'm with you. nine. I'm with you, Johnny, because, I mean, you, you met, you met, you guys have all met Colin, our, uh, my video director at the work, and I've learned all of this stuff that I know about video from him. That's um, amazing. He's awesome. And he's like, he's just this weird, quirky guy, but like he's got this genius of video. And he, but he, like, he, it ruins it for him. Like, so I remember one time he came into work and he goes, What was the name of the show? I think it was like Tudors or like something like that, one of those period shows. And he goes, 
I was like, oh yeah, it's cool. Did you watch that show? And he goes, I watched one episode and one of the guys on, on screen had such a bad wig <laughs> that, that even, even when he wasn't on camera, all I could think about was him standing <laughs> off camera and how bad his wig was. And, uh, and he's like, he's tortured by like the lighting positions. Like, Oh God, I, all I'm thinking about is where the lights are and shining on it. So he can't. So for him, like a movie is awesome. If it sucks him in and he forgets all of those things. Yeah. Right. Like he just gets pulled into it. And, but no, he's taught me a ton. Like, uh, um, you know, like this this trick. We were sitting in an airport one time, and he goes, "You want to know, Justin, what the trick to really good how-to video is? Is you should be once you're done with it, you should be able to shut off the sound and follow the whole thing without any words." It's like that's that's the final test of your edit. And I was like, and now and now I do it. Like you like you're sitting in an airport and you're watching, you know, Property Brothers or something, and you're trying trying to piece together what the what's going on, and you realize, wow, they really need voiceover to like make this work because they don't have the content and that you know that that stuff drives me crazy um well with that i mean with that being said so how has content changed for you guys being a magazine because you know that obviously i mean i don't know the numbers but i assume that you're the the numbers are probably down on subscriptions you know and from from readership and how yeah, has that changed, you know, who Taunton is or, or who Fine Home Building is? So, um, you're right. Uh, the newsstand, the new, really a lot of it is tied to the newsstand. Um, you just, there's not a lot of places to buy a magazine anymore. <clears throat> you can see it in the airports or in grocery stores, but um, the big book selling chains like Borders and Barnes and Noble and, and whatever, they're all Home Depot and Lowe's. A lot of them have just said, we're not selling this anymore. We can use the space for something else. <clears throat> excuse me and uh so that's been a huge hit for us um and you also got to keep in mind that the way our company was started it was always set up to be what they call endemic advertising so uh i'll give you like a point of comparison something like and i'm not picking on this old house but this old house is another magazine that's in our in our neighborhood loosely <laughs> very loosely uh and they, um, the way it works for a lot of other magazines is uh, they make their money from advertisers. Mm -hmm. So what they want to do is they want to have as many copies of that magazine out into the world as possible. And they do that by charging you almost nothing for it. So that's why you get these deals, sign up now for two years for five bucks. Because all they want to be able to do is go to Crest Toothpaste and say, Crest, we've got eight billion people reading this thing those are the eyeballs that are going to see your ad um so the content of the magazine is almost it doesn't matter to the advertiser it doesn't really matter they just want the people holding the magazine right um oftentimes when you get those ad sales buys um like let's say uh you know festool buys an ad in in uh, this old house often part of that deal and you should always look for this kind of stuff is you, you see that festival ad and you look at the page next to it and or the page right before it or after it and there's often a festival product review a lot of it comes with like yeah we'll buy it but we're gonna need a little love like we'll, we'll put an ad in here for for a year but you better you better talk about our new product um some magazines are better with that than others 
uh, Journal of Life Instruction went down that road for for a while. I don't know what they're what they're like now with that. Um, uh, and but there's a lot of the, magazines oh, that are free. That oh yeah, I, I feel like I read them and it's all ads and there's no content for me. Right. And there's a lot of them and they've gotten thinner over the yep. years. Whether it's custom home qualified remodel, I don't. There's, I get all of them, but you've seen them kind of change. And it's funny as you say that my mind races at all these magazines that I've looked through. And it is a lot of that. And it's, I mean, to give it like some perspective, I think the math works out to something like a page in our magazine is like $30,000 or something like that. Like not, not that that's what it's cost for, you know, NS builders to put an ad in. That's what it costs to like, to make the magazine to like, that's what the value of it is to like pull it all together, to sell it, to distribute it, to do all the back end business stuff. So it's very expensive. And, um, so, so anyway, there's, there, there's that one mindset of I'm going to make this as cheap as possible so that I can get it in as many hands as possible and I'll make my money off advertisers. And then kind of the, we kind of Taunton Press kind of bucked that trend and we said, well, we're going to make our money off of, ad, off of subscribers and we're only going to let advertisers in that are on topic. So you're not going to see Crest toothpaste in our magazine, you're only going to see Ford trucks and Diablo tools and Festool and whatever else. And in the early days of that, it was a lot of little mom and pop companies. And people used to write us all the time that they loved that fine home building had all of these little marketplace ads for all these cool companies. Cause people that subscribed, that's how they would learn about things that were available. I mean, this was pre-internet or at least in the early days of internet. So they, like, oh, I didn't know I could get wide plank floors, like reclaimed. It was all That's secret cool. stuff. Yeah, yeah Carlisle, it was all. Carlisle floors. Yep. Yeah, it was all like secrets, I felt like, like Lavallee yeah, you f- and all that. Yeah, you, you feel like you're you're kind of getting this, because it's endemic advertising, it's only stuff that you care about. So like, you're going to read the advertisements as much as you read the content, because you're like, what other cool tools are there that I don't know about and all that stuff. But so as it's gotten more competitive and the newsstand dries up, it, it starts to squeeze everything. And now and now we have to work harder to get advertisers to want to be in a magazine. So we have to lower prices. We have to make better deals with them. We have to say, we're gonna give you this, that, and the other thing all for that same price. Um, and and it, you know, because the manpower on our end shrinks as everything tightens, well, now we have less salespeople. So we don't have as much bandwidth to pull in all those little, you know, eighth page ads. It's like, well, I'm not going to waste my time with that. If I can't sell a full page, I'm not going to talk to this person. So everything, everything kind of gets squeezed. Um, and there's always this, this balance between ad pages and editorial. Um, and, and ideally it's supposed to be like 60, 40, 70, 30, somewhere around that. Um, and every, for every issue of the magazine, we get in a room with the advertiser, with the, uh, the salespeople, and we say, what do you bring to the table? And they'll say, well, we got you know 25 pages of stuff. Can you guys cover the rest? And then we have to, we have to kind of adjust what we've got going on. Like, oh yeah, we can, we can pad here, we can do this, we can do that. Um, the other thing that, that Taunton Press does that's different, that's really unique, <clears throat> is that we don't have any advertisements in with the articles. So you have the beginning of the book and the end of the book, but in the middle, it's uninterrupted content. And that makes us also harder to sell because advertisers want to be mixed in. They, they want you to be like continued on page 53. 
so that you can pass by nine ads on, be before you can finish this article. So the things that kind of made us unique and really cool and had this really great story about why we're better than everyone else is also the things that make it harder for us to be competitive in a market where, you know, anybody would, would sell their mother just to, to make ends meet. Um, and it's, so it's gotten to the point where we really need people to subscribe and, um, it's going to be like, do you guys subscribe to journal like construction? I guess you don't have to even pay for it anymore. I think it's free. Um, but it's really, that's a great magazine. And it's really, really sad to see it after like 40 years, it's shrinking down to like two articles per issue. And they just laid off their whole staff, except for one guy. Like it's gonna, it's going away. Like it's going to be gone. They don't own that show anymore. They don't own the JLC live. They're just using the name. Um, that was crazy to me when we learned that. Yeah. yeah it's, like it's, it's, cool. it's like, that's people talk about like, Oh, fine home building and JLC. Well, JLC is going to be gone soon. And like, we're the last one standing. And I feel like, you know, what, what's going to happen to us in 10 years or five years? I don't know. Um, do people value it enough that they want to spend, you know, you, you could subscribe to JLC green building advisor, fine home building, and probably something else for a grand total of 150, 200 bucks a year. Like, are you kidding me? That's a role of, of flexible flashing. You can't afford to, like, as a builder, you can't pay for that and but, have access to 40 years of content. But, but that, I mean, that's a, a good price analogy. But the thing is, information is so readily available now. Yes. That, you know, it's but good like, information. That's the tricky part. Understood. But, you know, I think of like, I have, uh, what is it? Residential design sitting on my, my desk here. And it's, it's a bunch of advertisers. Yeah. Well, it's a bunch of modern homes, and it's like you know. But it's a ton of advertising. Sure, I I, I, I I've literally scanned through it quickly. But I look through it, and I'm like, oh, nice. I'm gonna scan through this and see some inspirational stuff. And I'm like, I see this stuff on Instagram. Like I've seen yeah. every one of these houses already. On like you know Instagram. the people that built it that yeah. are in the magazine. It's like I probably DM'd yeah. with them. Right. And it's exactly. you know, it's the, the the argument about good information. That's fair, but everything is trending to be online. You know, yep. John, I think last episode, your wife was watching a master class while we were yep. podcasting. Like, now you're learning online. All of this stuff is trending to be online. And you guys have made efforts to, to, to bring things online. Yep. So I guess going back to my question, it's, you know, with content changing, what, you know, the magazine is something, it, and I'm going to try to, you know, kind of shorten what you said. It sounds like the magazine is something that you would like to, you would love to have it continue and just be, you know, be consistent and not go away. But on the flip side, you, you have to jump into this other market, which is, you know, the internet or, or, or social media or whatever the case is and, and have a strategy there. So what, I guess the question is, what is that? Yeah. I, I, I and that's my fault for, I kind of blurred the line when, and your question there. And I, I made it sound like all I was talking about, is the magazine and it's really um it's the brand like you know jlc the brand is suffering fine home building mm -hmm. the brand is 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 in danger like it's it's like on the endangered species list we're not going anywhere anytime soon but like we could use some help like that would be good to to help ensure our future um so 
the way we think about being on different platforms, like whether it's a podcast or uh, the website or in print, is that everybody just prefers to get information in a different way. So you really have to have the same content in a lot of different places. That's sort of what it breaks down to. And so then it becomes a game of a of efficiency. Like, um, whereas I, you know, when I went and shot that that tile install on one of Johnny's projects, it was me and a camera and three days. Uh, now it would be a, a, a juggling act. Like, all right, do we want to just get a print article out of this? Um, how much more effort would it take us to bring a camera guy to shoot video of this too? Well, what if we didn't have a video guy available? What if, what if I just shot a handful of videos and then we did some backend magic to make that into a, a, a little bit of a kind of an online slideshow or a clip show of some, some portion of that project. So it's like, you're trying to squeeze blood from a stone at, after a certain amount of time. You're trying to figure out, all right, I've got this tile guy for three days. How am I going to get content? that goes beyond a magazine or that serves a lot of these audiences. Um, uh, when we originally went down this path online with videos, you know, Colin's vision and, and, and I was kind of like his, the, the guy in, in front of the camera for the vision was he wanted to make it feel like a TV show. He felt like, well, let's do the, these kind of 20 minute episodes. We'll take big projects like building a deck or uh, refinishing a floor and we'll break it into chunks and then we'll, we'll put it all up online and we'll release it like a TV show, like one, one episode per week. And it's just so funny how quickly that becomes, it, it just like, it just changes and changes. And, and you look back at it now and you're like, man, we had like this long intro and like this title splash card and like, and you know, like an introduction with the voiceover. And then you had to wait a week to get the next episode. And like, <laughs> like nobody wants that now you want like the whole thing immediately in one package um, and you're annoyed if you have to wait six seconds for the content to start. You're like, yeah, 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 whatever. I'm just going to slide this bar over and get to the part where things are happening. So it's like this constantly changing, uh, constantly changing audience expectations. And so my job becomes then like anticipating, like how do we, how do we uh, guess where they're going to go next? And it's a little bit of a gamble, like, Oh God, what are they going to want in six months? Like, I think they're going to start to skew like the hot thing for a while was they wanted short videos. Like, Oh my God, all the analytics say that if it's longer than 30 seconds, people are going to drop off. We've got to be at like 30 to 60 seconds max. Um, and then you make a ton of videos that are that. And then the year after that, it's like, Oh my God, all the analytics are pointing to the fact that if it's less than a minute, nobody will watch it. Hmm. Um, and, and sometimes that's the audience. Sometimes it's, things like Facebook and Google because they change their algorithms constantly and they don't tell anybody what the change is. Like, you'll, so you'll be watching your numbers online, like your stats, like all of our, all of our numbers are good. And then just boom, done. And you're like, what happened? Like, and then you find like this back channels of all the nerds talking to each other online that Google released some kind of change in algorithm that suppressed this and enhanced that. And all of a sudden, you have to go back to the back end and tweak all of your content so that it's be able to be found again. Um, Facebook is like this big bully on the block who basically wants it to be there. They're like the Home Depot or Walmart of, of publishing. Like if either you bow to their demands or you don't get found. Like they actually came to all the publishers and they said, look, you're gonna give us all of your content and you're, we're gonna put it on Facebook 
And if you don't do that, then we're just going to make it so you can't get found. And so, and, and not only that, but we want it to be on, on Facebook and we'd want people to stay on Facebook. So we're not even going to really link it back to your website. It's just give us your stuff. Otherwise we'll destroy you basically. And Mark said uh, that. Yeah. yeah that, Mark <laughs> came, came over. We had, we had a beer and he, he laid it on the table for me, but, um, but that was a real conversation you guys had. Yeah, Mark and I. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm. Uh, fa- <laughs> I mean, Facebook. Like you got like as a publisher. Yeah, absolutely. Were you in that, that was... movie? Now that yes. I think about it. Yeah, yeah. I played. I played his girlfriend in the beginning. That opening scene. Um. No, it's it's uh. It's funny. I just watched that movie again. I've never seen it. I, I have no. I, I'm I'm trying to picture if I can remember the opening scene and what you, you ever saw like, social. Well, yeah, I, I've seen I watch it. On the couch I watching the it with scene. the with the how to build a deck book in his lap. I watch I watch it because uh, Aaron Sorkin was the writer. He's the same guy who did West Wing and Newsroom, and the guy's amazing. And talk about a masterclass. He has a masterclass too, Johnny. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, so they'll uh, so Facebook as an example, they changed things around so that uh essentially if you if your video is under three minutes they discourage it from coming up in search results so now all of those videos you shot that were trying to to get to this audience who wanted short things now now they're useless now you need to better have some long stuff and and you guys know like it's it doesn't it's not like great let's re-release all of our videos tomorrow i mean this stuff has a as a tail it's like it takes a while to to change the direction of the ship you know, we got a lot of things happening at once. And, uh, um, it's, sometimes it feels a little bit like, I, I feel like car mechanics must feel like this now where they got into something because they loved working on a car. And then suddenly one day you find yourself opening up the hood of the car and it's like microchips. And you're like, what happened? Like I got into this cause I love fixing cars. And now I'm like looking at analytics and I'm trying to figure out you know, where the market trends are going. And you're like, maybe I climbed one rung too high on this ladder. Like, it's funny you say want- that because I was just thinking about that. You know, that the reason that you got into this was this insatiable desire to build and deconstruct. And now, you know, you've gotten away from that. You do that on your own, but this has taken on an entire new life. Yeah, it's a, that's honestly, it's been a huge personal struggle for me, like a huge one. And it's, and it's daily. Um, there's a huge part of me that wants to drop all of this and go be a builder. Um, and I've gone, I've, I've bounced back and forth on that path a lot. And um, do you think that you don't, because if you go, what's going to happen to the brand? Um, there's, and there's some, there's some of that, you know, that I, I feel like there would be responsibility or weight on your shoulders at this point um, that would be hard to kind of walk away from. Yeah. Um, there's always that like kind of, you, we've, you know, as the editor position has been passed from person to person, there's always kind of this like, we don't feel like we own the thing. It's like we're stewards of it. Um, like you, like Nick and Johnny, I know we've joked around like, oh, Justin put himself on the cover again. And it's like, I just shake my head. I shake my head because it's like. I didn't know we got- told them we talked about that. <laughs> we did. Only- we did that in Vegas, uh, Florida. If only you guys knew that like, ultimately on paper, yeah, that's my decision. But not really. Like it's, it's we, you know, we pick three covers and we test them. And whichever one is the one that people are most likely going to buy, that's the cover. 
or like I'm on the cover because a last minute some story dropped off and I had to throw something together in a week and build a project and photograph it and make an article, <laughs> you know? Uh, so it's like, it's always funny to like, Oh, if you only knew the, the backstory from some of the stuff, like some of the, some of the, the, you know, the, the kind of the duct tape and, and, and uh, rubber bands that are holding things together in this, in this big shiny facade of fine home building. But, um, but anyway, yeah. So it's like to answer your question, Tyler, there's some of it is, um, is a, is a struggle of, well, is it just the grass is greener on the other side kind of a thing? Like, am I gonna, am I, uh, you know, because I have a good job, it pays well, I'm, I have security, whatever that means, um, for a, a job that could end tomorrow or go on for 20 years. Um, I just wonder like, all right, so I'm gonna go off and I'm gonna be on my own. Um, am I going to get a week into that and go, what the hell did I do this for? Like, this is awful. Now I got customers sending me emails all the time that they're pissed off and I got subs chasing me for money and I don't know where my next job is going to be. And I'm, my truck broke down and like, did I really make a good move here? Like, is that a, is that moving up in the world? But at the same time, like there's just so many interesting challenges right now in building. Um, it is like, I was having this conversation recently with somebody that, like this dawned on me. I remember it very specifically being at, at JLC and I kind of, I, I said to myself, I'm like, I got to take a step back from this crowd. And I actually stood there and I looked at the whole crowd and I'm like, I just want to get a feel for what's going on. Like where, like, cause that's part of my job is like, where are we going next? What's the vibe? Like, what are all these different companies doing? What's everybody clamoring for? And I realized like, it just kind of struck me like, wow, building in the last 15 or 20 years, has changed more than it has in probably 50 to a hundred years before that. Like literally, literally 15 or 20 years more changed in the last hundred. And, and the reason why is think about this. Um, let's go back to like 19, whatever, anytime between 1950 and the year 2000, I could take any carpenter and put them on any job site. And there's a pretty good chance that they're going to be totally comfortable with what's going on because everybody built the same house. And I mean, the houses were different looking, whether it's a colonial or a raised ranch or, or whatever, but they were all the same house. It was either concrete block or poured foundation walls. It was two buys from the mudsill up to the rafters. It was fiberglass bats in the wall cavity, wallboard on the inside. The outside was plywood with Tyvek maybe tar paper on the roof or maybe on the walls. That's it. Every house was the same. Now think about what you guys are doing. You got Henry Blueskin on one project, ICFs in the foundation of another. You got high performance details. You've got six different kinds of flashing tapes and sealants coming together. It's like, it's crazy how much more a builder needs to know now than he did before. And so you got that going on on the one hand, and all these products, right? It's not like, so that was the other thing is you go back to something like, um, like every builder used house wrap. Well, you had Tipar, you had Tyvek, you had Owens Corning made their version of it. Uh, Dow had, has a version, but it's like, it's all the same thing really. Like they're almost like commodities, right? Like whether you had Georgia Pacific or Louisiana Pacific plywood, it's plywood. Um, now it's like, you better know everything about that product you're putting in because it's totally different than the other guy's product. It's not a commodity anymore. Like everything's proprietary at this point. Everything is proprietary and none of those companies are 
have care about working with each other. So, so it's like you go into the lumber yard and you have, it's not commodity products anymore. It's like, you know, well, what do I need to know about Azek versus Boral? Like those are wildly different trim products that are sold right next to each other. And somebody might be making that decision based on just the price or like they both install like wood, right? Like, God, no, man, you're going to be, you're going to have your ass handed to you when you go and install it and try and make that look like wood. Um, so you got that, that's one part of it, right? But then on the other part of it, you have, which you guys have talked about extensively is like, there's no workforce coming up. Like our farm team of like trade schools and kids going into like formal apprenticeships and stuff gone. Like, yes, there's still some pockets. And I heard you guys hint briefly about wanting to, to work with, uh, you know, work to, to start up trade schools and programs and stuff. And like, yes, please do it, please. Um, but that kind of stuff for the most part is gone. Like we've lost kids to four-year colleges. It's not cool to be a builder. It's not socially respectable to be a plumber. Um, you know, everybody. It's, it's totally cool it, to be a builder. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, think, I, I would challenge Put that. Put my I hands think, up. <laughs> yeah, I think for the last, I would say three years, that mindset has changed where now it is cool. Whenever, whenever Nick hit IG is when it changed. Five I years still ago. feel like we're looking at this with blinders on. <laughs> yeah, you are. We're, we're looking at this from right. inside this little circle. You, you know? guys are doing amazing work. Yeah, but you're also preaching to the choir. And everybody listening to this already knows the stuff I'm saying. So it's not. I'm not changing that either. But um, the point being that that houses got way more complicated to build, right? Because all, the, all these products. And then you have this workforce that... Um, they aren't going to formal school. They're not like, uh, it's not in the numbers and with the respect that it used to have. Uh, in fact, the people that probably are building nowadays are learning how to build from the guys who are still building like it's 1966. So like, we're really in this crazy maelstrom of trouble right now. And so I always, I was kind of standing back at JLC and it was like, holy cow, who's helping these people figure it out? Like who's helping these builders in the field like who are just wading into trouble figure out how to make Schluter tie into this and it, whether or not Advantech works with that and all that stuff. Um, and so it occurred to me that like we've all got so much work to do to help. Um, and so that's that's what kind of reinvigorates, this is where my struggle comes in is like that's, that's where I go. I've got this duty at fine home building and green building advisor, which are both technically under my job and I'm in charge of them. Like I gotta, I gotta make sure that we're using these platforms to really help people navigate this stuff. But then on a more personal note, it's like, I want to get out there and do it. I want to like, I want to figure out how to do that detail so that it's simpler. And I want to like, I want to be the one who, who gets to have a phone call with Steve Basic and go, no, I think the tape should be over here. Like, I think I get what you're doing, but I think what said, you're doing is not said buildable. Said no one, said no one to Steve Basic. Yeah, no, I, I did a whole, <laughs> we did a whole passive house project with Steve Basic out on, out in Falmouth. Um, so I hung out with him for like a whole summer. It was, it was interesting. I don't think I'd ever um, say to him, yeah, I don't know about that detail. <laughs> he would just stare at you until you retracted that comment. Exactly. <laughs> I remember talking to this builder who, uh, who was good friends with him. Who, this was before Jake. Um, and he was like, Oh God, having Steve as the architect is like a nightmare with clients. Cause like, you'll take them in to look at a project and the client will be like, I have this vision. I want to do this in the kitchen. And Steve will just go, that's a terrible idea. We're not doing that. 
<laughs> just like like no but he's open doesn't about care. it like that, and yeah. he'll, he'll say that he's like yeah i'm just i i'm very straightforward there's no there's no fluff with me yeah i've nope. been that way for a long time but then i realized that there's a different cadence on how i need to deliver that information mm. and that will go a lot further like <laughs> i had i had i had a, a realtor come in and go i don't know what color this is and i was like hey i think you should change your tone and she's like what do you mean i go you could have came in and said, can we have this color in this room instead of the way the approach? It's the same thing, same goal. It's just the approach. I don't know. I've, I used to be like, I still do a lot of it. I agree. I can read you guys' eyes. Is that you, you, get, <laughs> you get what you get from, from me. But I've tried to tone it down where I, I know I'm short because I feel like I don't have a lot of time in my day to devote to, to BS. So as soon as I smell it, I call it out and we move on. But I have tried to kind of, especially with clients, I try and guide that way with a little bit more of, I don't know, empathy that they just don't know enough with their question or right. their direction. And it's, it's, it's got to be someone's job to kind of guide that, not go, that was stupid. Because every time I've ever been told that my entire life, my mind doesn't recorrect whatever my thought was that got me there it then goes into this turmoil of like, I'm an idiot, like what's happening? Yeah. And it doesn't help the situation to get to a place that is naturally where it should be. No, it's not helpful to anybody. No. And that's so, why he's always scared me, Steve. He's always scared me. Because he'll tell you what you don't want to hear. <laughs> no, but it not even, I, I don't have to even ask for it. It just gets told to me and I'm like, great, high five. I've learned nothing. You've done nothing for me. Where do I stand? I, like, you know he scheduled part two. That's funny. I'm not scared. I'm <laughs> no, like, I know. Really? I just I know he's gonna listen to this and he's he's gonna he's gonna send a text. Get ready for part two, boys. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I, I get it. I heard that episode where he wanted to talk to you about is craftsmanship still alive, Johnny? And I was I was t- talking to Tyler offline about um, <clears throat> an episode you guys did a long time back with Kevin O'Connor, who was who was like who was riding you hard about like being overly romantic. And I'm still scarred from that. Favorite I, I, like, ever. honestly, honestly, I'm still kind of pissed about it. Like I, as a listener, I was like, that's just like, it, he's just bullying Johnny. Like it's not. Yeah. I'm not that skilled. Literally. No, yeah. Like, that word, but like, <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. But like, I'm not skilled to be able to talk that conversation with him. Like I'm not even comfortable doing it. Like I'm rather just put me on a job site and I'll prove to you why my thought process is better because the product will last longer. People will love it more, but I don't know how to get there in a conversation where, right. That's where Kevin, you know, Kevin had things. So you decided to start a podcast. (laughs) I know. Trust me. That's why I'm quiet some days where I'm like, "Ah, I'm an idiot today. Hold (laughs) off. But no, I mean, I don't know. I think I walked into a lot of situations where the sucker punch was waiting for me with Kevin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I didn't know how to maneuver around it because I was not prepared. Like we don't prepare for these. We just kind of yeah. No, and it's and it's not yours. You're you're at a disadvantage automatically because how do you defend thinking that like romantic aspects of building make sense to anything other than it's romantic? It's like saying it's like arguing about whether poetry is good. Like I look at it and I'm like, this is just nonsense because they didn't. If they wanted to write something with meaning, why didn't they just say what they wanted to say? Why do they have to like make it so complicated? When somebody else is like, "Oh, th- this—that's where the art comes in. That's what makes it beautiful." And like, 
how we're not going to argue about that. It's like it's two different sides of the same coin. It's not. I think it would be freaking awesome if you built a house that diagonal sheathing. I'd be the first one up there being like, I don't want to be there on the first one. I want you to figure out how to do it. And then when you do it on the second house, let's do an article about that. That would be badass. <laughs> like, cause you're going to know like, oh, here's, we figured out how to do it. Here's, here's the trick. Like, here's how we, here's how to start. Here's how to sequence it to make the work more efficient. Like let's dig in and get the, the, the I can just see it now. All the zip panels on a 45 going across this whole house. <laughs> <laughs> I still won't go to that conversation because I'm not smart enough to to hold my own. But you know, it's it, it, I don't know. I've I've always felt um, with our relationship, my relationship with fine home building, and with you, Justin, that you guys have had um, almost the big picture in mind. And I I mean, even as far as um, <clears throat> gathering everyone at the builder show and then getting people involved with the magazine or shooting articles or kind of jockeying to to get everyone on board i feel like as a company you guys have always had the big picture in mind Mm -hmm. and i think that we've dealt with a lot of companies we dealt with a lot of vendors who don't necessarily have that big picture in mind and i guess i know i've spoken to you about it before but do you feel as though a lot of the like even we had the conversation earlier about posting pictures and detail shots and nick wants to see if it really looks good in this light like i want to put forth everything and basically put myself on blast to show that hey this is why we're doing things a certain way and i don't know if that's the case with everyone and i don't know if a lot of people are putting up a front or a facade but I feel as though you guys have always had the industry's best interest in mind while creating a and you know maintaining a business. But it doesn't seem that a lot of the dealings that we have that the people are on the same page as whether it's you guys, it's kind of our mindset of the podcast. And I, I think that the industry is kind of heading in that way. And it's sad to see, but do you feel that everyone's kind of in it for themselves at this point or that even with the people that you're dealing with that it's kind of every man for themselves take what you can get and just exploiting the industry are you are you talking about this from the point of view of like everybody's a content creator now no i mean that would probably be one yes but then also i think that a lot of vendors are looking to these people basically to either put tools in their hand and now they have free content and pull money from ad budgeting where it's like if you had the the big picture of the industry and the longevity of the industry in 20 years from now it wouldn't necessarily be putting the hands putting tools in the hands of influencers as much as protecting fine home building to continue what they've been doing for the next 25 years right um, yeah. And I think that that's probably on a, a content creator level, but also on an advertisement level. And then also just as all of these vendors and all of these tool companies, and it seems as though everybody's in it for themselves and getting their color on your phone screen. Right. I don't know. I mean, you you give us a lot of credit. Um makes us sound like we're really know what's going to happen 20 years from now. I, I mean, I think it's, it's simpler than that in that, 
um, we just want to always be giving people the best information we can um, and kind of just be the thought leaders. So like while, while there's always all this noise going on with like the latest fads or this thing's, you know, the, um, I'm trying to, trying to think how the best way to, to put this. Um, it sort of doesn't matter. It's like, it feels like we're like the, like the tortoise and the hare. Like we're just, we're just kind of moving along. We're doing our slow pace. Um, like TikTok comes out and we don't join it because like whatever, we don't need that. And then it goes away again. And you know, our mission is just still, we're going to, we're not going to jump on the bandwagon and do the newest, coolest thing. If that means that you're going to have um, a lower quality experience. Does that make any sense? Yeah. But how about even from the perspective of you guys have been around for however long, and I know you probably like even have personal relationships with years. certain, right. But with certain advertisers that oh, you yeah. think that you have this relationship and this rapport built up. And now all of a sudden there's a new market for them and they're pulling money from you which, you know, I feel as though should be a standard and there should always be funds allocated or ways to protect what you guys are doing. I They're now you. pulling that and putting it into these people who are kind of hot right now or in yeah. right now where the long term, you know, 25 years from now, is somebody going to know this one influencer or, you know, are they going to know fine home building? And right. it, it seems I, very selfish and it, it just kind of seems like people whoring themselves out. Yeah. I think what's going on there, Tyler, and I, I get what you're saying now. Sorry. I was a little slow on the uptake on your description, but, um, uh, it's not my fault. I'm stupid. Uh, I, it's, I, uh, I already <laughs> used that. Sorry. Did you? Sorry. Um, I'm trying my hardest. Uh, I think what 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 complicates it and what come why some of what you're talking about happens is that um, a lot of these big companies hire an agency and there's a huge disconnect between the agency and the reality and the reality. Yeah. So what like uh, so but there's the other example. So like you guys, I'm sure. Know, I mean, obviously, you know, Huber and I'm sure that you have respect for their products and they're crushing it in a lot of ways. Um, one of which is that they take it very seriously and they, they build products that are awesome and reliable and they try and do like this full suite of solutions so that you have one-stop shopping and everything ties together and is tested to work together, which speaks to my making the marketplace less complicated for the builder so that you're more likely to install it correctly and therefore you don't go, oh yeah, zip system, that stuff sucks. It rots out in no time. And it's like, no, it doesn't. You just installed it wrong. And you installed it wrong because the manufacturer did a crappy job educating you. But they don't, here's the deal though. Huber doesn't have an agency. Huber does their own sales deals. It's direct. They, they get it. So they will always come to us and we have a great relationship with them and we love them and they love working with us. But there's other companies that just farm it out. And the agency full of 22 year old named 22 year old old girls who always seem to be named Brittany for some reason. <laughs> uh, every agency has a girl named Brittany. Um, they, up, don't, they don't, they <laughs> don't, I'm going to be in so much trouble after this podcast. Um, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't know who we are. They just look at our numbers on a sheet. And so um, it's, it's, that's where the disconnect is happening. So they're going, um, 
they're going, oh, this, this YouTube star over here has this many unique views per month. That's where we want our, that's what we want to bring back to Sherwin Williams or uh, Anderson Windows and say, hey, look what we got for you. We got you this YouTube guy who's got a million views. And then they go, cool. Like, here's, here's your money. Let's go, let's go make it happen. And it's not, um, it, it's not a long-term play because those same YouTube stars are not, they're not making the same kind of lasting information that we're working really hard to make. Um, I mean, if I, the, the amount of effort that goes into making one piece of content for us is would, would probably blow people's hair back. I mean, like if you write an article for us, Tyler, the number of times that we read that and the number of different people who read it and the number of filters that passes through and the number of conversations you and I have back and forth with questions and dialing it in and perfecting it and fact checking it before it goes out. Like that's a ton of work. That's not just me. Define a ton of work because you just, you, you built that up. I want, I want to know like what, if I, if, if you said Nick or Tyler, write this article for, you know, set in the mud bed, from mm-hmm. he spends, I don't know, Tyler. How much time do you think that you invested in putting that article together? You personally, so we we, we, I mean, we shot that we shot that thing in what a half a day. I mean, that was yeah. a really quick one. All right, so shoot is a half a day, Tyler. Yep. You probably spent a half a day just kind of organizing your thoughts, right? Yep. All and right, then, so we're into it for a day. Yep. From and then, there, so, so basically, when I work with Justin, or what I've kind of found to be best. It's just, different, Nick, because I'm really good, so I'm super fast. So I mean, like, you know, I'll have this thing turn around like that. Dude, I know you're you're cocky, but hold on. <laughs> so, Nick, uh, Nick uses the same line. We'll have. I am so not cocky. I'm like the least self confidence. <laughs> Go ahead, Tyler. Basically, Justin will create an outline for me. Right. Um, you know, here's some photos. Here's the direction that I'm thinking it's taking, which I'm sure takes a couple of hours for him to upload photos. He takes so many photos. Um, get them organized, go through them, and then pick a sequence and start wrapping his head around logistics of the article and structure of the article. And then I have to sit down for a few hours and kind of give it a first pass. Like, okay. hey, here's a few sentences to this, a few sentences this, describe <clears throat> this picture. So I'm sure at that point, you know, it's a day or two between the two of us um, kind of working through that. And then it's back and forth, kind of passing it back and forth. Okay, now let's expand on this. Let's revise this. I think this feels cluttered. Um, I don't know as far as hours go because I'm only dealing with it on my end where it's like, here, you need an hour revision here, an hour revision there. But I'm sure, you know, a small article that I probably have, if we spend a day shooting another eight hours between sitting down, writing an article, answering text messages, emails, all of that okay. stuff. So for you, two days. So mm-hmm. Justin, you got a day to shoot, a day to upload photo. How many days roughly do you think you're spending on that article? Um, for something like that, I mean, that was a pretty easy slam dunk article. It was just a straight how-to. So like sure. we just basically followed it, track it from A to Z. You know, we just sure. got to we gotta start people here and get them to there without them getting lost and pass along the info. So um <clears throat> I would say production wise, I mean, it's tough to say like, cause you know, we're working on a bunch of things at once, but it, we have the first meeting on it where I pitch it to the whole rest of our production team. So I have an art director in there. I have a copy editor, I have a deputy editor and we go, 
here's what Tyler did. Let me walk you through the whole process. Let me take questions from you. You guys beat it up. We'll have like a review of this. And then we go, cool. This is smelling good. Um, let, here's, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about how we want this thing to look. And then I go, all right, here's how I think it's going to pace out. We, I think it's appropriate that we're going to do four pages for this or six pages, whatever it is. I want to start with this. I think a natural point to break the spread, which is a two-page part of the magazine, is we're going we're gonna to get up to this point, and then we're going to turn the page, and we're going to start this thing. And then I think I'm going to need a drawing here because words are going to lose you. I need to be able to illustrate. And here's what I think that drawing is going to look like. Um, and then I, scr I scratch that out. The art director then takes all that stuff and he thumbnails out the whole article. So he does like a little miniature sketch version, like a storyboard of how everything is going to roughly proportion out. Then we take that back. Um, we revise the article to match that. And then when it's all done and polished up, I kind of hand it in and it gets read by two other editors and they do a line edit where they go through and they just beat the hell out of it. And they go, you know, we need more here. This isn't clear. I fact check this and I'm not sure that's right. Blah, 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 blah. You know, Tyler references this, but the, the Tile Council of America says that it needs to be one inch and he says three quarters. Can you go back to him and ask him why? That kind of stuff. Then it gets through and it goes to um, grammatical check, like copy edit, you know, for, and that's Samantha does that. And she's not a builder. She's just making sense of it. Like if I can follow this, you guys did it. If I can't, you didn't do it. Um, and then after that, it goes to layout. Usually one or two art directors spend, uh, I don't know, a couple of days on it at least for a simple layout, um, pulling all the photos in, talking to illustrators, um, saying, you know, going back and forth about, here's the scrap art, here's what I think it should look like. Can you do a first round and send it to us? They send that to us. I look at that and say, okay, this is good enough to send to Tyler. I send that drawing to Tyler and say, here's what I want to do. Is this correct? Tyler goes, no, you screwed this up. And then we go back and do that whole round again. So that's, <clears throat> and then, so now that we, once we finally have that layout in hand, then we all get together as a group and we review it. And we say, did this thing do what we wanted it to do? Did it meet expectations? Did it, do we need to switch this photo with that one? Let's change that. Let's add a page here, whatever it is. Then it goes back to Tyler. Tyler reads it <clears throat> and he goes, you guys got, you guys tweaked this and now that's wrong. This is wrong. I want to add this sentence. I don't like what you did here. Um, then from there, it gets read by, uh, me, Matt, another editor, Samantha again, Jen, me again, Samantha again, and out the door. So it gets read by, I don't know how many people that is a bunch, a I mean, lot of times. I'm like, I'm at like 10 man days at that yeah, point. It's a lot. Of, and that's a simple I, article. I do the like, same thing on my emails. Everyone I send out, I do the same thing. Send it to my wife, <laughs> let her read it. Then go back and forth. It's like Johnny hasn't got back to me for nine so, days. He's got another day. So Give him another you, day. It's going to his copy editor. If you look at somebody on YouTube who's going to set up a GoPro, film something, there's basically no fact checking. Um, there's none of this coordination. There's not a lot of hands on deck. And it's just pumping out content for whatever the sake of pumping out content is. Is it necessary? You know, you guys are basically protecting the audience from making mistakes. You're protecting yeah. yourselves from giving out false information. It seems as there would be an extreme high value on the content that you're putting out. But instead, these companies are going to people who just have more exposure at this point. Right. 
well not even more exposure maybe they're just um exposure in a certain category or a certain sure. type a certain platform it's also not a strictly fair comparison because you take a guy like matt reisinger or um essential craftsman on youtube or what you're doing nick and it's not i'm not saying well nick's not doing enough work like he's not he's not fact checking it with 10 people we're just not doing the same thing nick is taking um a job that he's working on and he's bringing that job to life for an audience so he's got he's got doug doug's his name right so you've got Doug shooting what's going on and they make kind of a story out of it. Um, whereas what we try to do, sometimes we do that. Most of what we do is like, oh, okay, Tyler, you've got this going on. What's the story here? Like, what is the nut of this thing? What can we, what, what, like bringing to bear all of our, all of our resources, all of our skills, all of our experience doing this what can we extract in order to tell the story so that the next person picking it up and go i've got everything i need that i can do this job flawlessly um and that it's just a different thing i mean we could i could also come down to your job and just shoot video of you doing it you could talk and that for a lot of people is going to be fine like that's great um it's just a different slice. And um, maybe some people feel like what we're doing is is antiquated and it's not necessary because you can just go onto YouTube and you could watch um, somebody in their garage showing you how to clean a carburetor. I don't need to go to tech school to learn that, you know? I don't need to, to subscribe to Automotive Magazine or whatever it is. I'll just watch three YouTube videos and figure it out. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Does that sort of answer your question or does no, it yeah. complicate it? No, I think it does. Um, it, it just kind of blows my mind where everything's headed. Um, yeah. And you know that a lot of these companies and a lot of these vendors and a lot of the advertisers are pulling from what they've invested in you and going basically to wherever is going to bring them a higher return right now. Rather right. more, than, more digital eyeballs rather than at the moment. big right. picture you know right. rather than 20 years from now where you know where's instagram gonna be i i, I doubt instagram's gonna have a 38 year run you guys have had a 38 no. year run at this point you know um it, it just it it's kind of crazy to me that there's almost no loyalty there i'm kind of i'm kind of i mean not to to take a sidetrack but i'm a little bit bummed out like what happens if when instagram is no longer a cool thing like where where everybody's hanging out and sharing stuff you know like we, we mean, sort of saw we sort of saw facebook yeah but look at before facebook it was message boards contract yeah. talk yeah you're you right know? you're right like it went message boards to you know facebook to instagram to you know youtube was similar time it'll just be something else yeah you, you know yeah. what freaks me out is that I've gotten to know some of these people that have that have created this persona on social media as an influencer and they don't no one checks them. No one does a fact check on them. Yeah. You know, I've I've talked to subs that have worked for them and it's an absolute crapshoot. Oh that's, yeah. And that's me being nice and they don't pay bills. They don't do this. But yet I watch them on YouTube, I watch them on different platforms be this showcase. And it's like, no one should be following them. Johnny, no I, sh- no I, mean, I don't want to. There's people that I've heard you specifically say that you look up to that I, I have. I know the behind the scenes and I go, they're an absolute shit show. We've been on their builds and it is a nightmare. Yeah. 
I've probably um, learned that since then. But yeah, maybe. It, <laughs> it, it's, it's like anything, as soon as you learn it. So I think that's why, I mean, I know I hold my tongue a lot of the time because I don't know if I can hold up to the standard that like Tyler's putting at Fine Home Building. Like when I got in the first article with you guys, I was absolutely blown away that this is something, it started with this whole house watching the TV show and then jumping. I was never a reader, ever. Yeah, yeah. I still, I'll listen to audio over anything else. If there's anything, it was Fine Home Building. Like my, my wife, we had a flood in the basement the other day. Oh, another pipe broke. Um, <laughs> And, 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 and for those listening, you, Johnny rolled his eyes. Yeah, it's, oh, I live in an old, old farmhouse, but it's funny. The only books that she saved, she's like, I grabbed some books that were wet, blah, blah, and brought them up in the kitchen. They were all old, fine home building books that I've talked about that, like, that's what got me through the toughest times of my career when I didn't know enough. I had taken on too much. And the only thing that had my back was the pages of the books and the magazine. And, and that's what she pulled upstairs and was drying on our kitchen countertops. Yep. It's like, Tyler, you bring up a great point is that these people are, you know, they're savants at a way of, of being good at the algorithm and getting views. But is their content vetted? I can't tell you how many, I like Kyle from r and I'm not calling the kid out, but if he puts in one more like of those footings for a post that is straight in on, on, concrete that's been set already that it can slide straight out there's no there's no hook in it i don't care how many times you say it that can slide right out there's there's got to be vibration there's got to be something involved in that for that rebar to hold into that concrete but yet he's got 200 whatever billion people watching him yeah and dude i need one structural engineer to come in there and go not right yeah, so, and suddenly that's gospel now. Like, that's yeah. how you do that. Yeah, but that could um, fail in a windstorm, and who's liable? No one's going to go back to him in a situation, but, like, that that's not vetted information. That's but, just, I mean, it, it's tough, though. Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to stop Nick from from making videos about his projects. He should make them. That's awesome. Like, that's super cool. I mean, there's a ton to learn there about how Nick and his crew do stuff. And I don't... I guess for well, with but, respect but, to that, I mean, same thing with why we post there, you know, I look for the feedback, you know, if we're doing something wrong, I want to know, or if th- someone comes with a better, you know, a, a better way to do it. We're, I mean, I'm always open to that. Right. You know, and but, it's, but you know, I think there still needs to be that kind of dad in the situation, like a fine home building or, you know, Oh yeah. I'm not looking I mean, no, I, I agree, agreed. I, but I think there's plenty of, of, you know, of people coming up and doing this and, and making changes and documenting that. I think you do a really good job of documenting what fine home buildings doing is they're curating knowledge for you. You're right. documenting and, what you do. Right. There's a difference. Right. It's, it's a different thing. We're using your job sites to, to fill well, you're blank, the, blank you're, spots in our curated library. And that's what, like, you know, we talk we talk amongst ourselves that we don't want to be the how we're not, right. we don't want to tell you how you should do like this is the right way to do it it's we're just going to tell you why this is right. why we do it you know you're going to see the how we do it but it's like we're not claiming that we're the you know an expert tile installer or the best waterproofer it's like no this is just this is why we're doing this so this do you think works, works for you do you right. think that the bird the burden is then on the viewer like and and the person who 
follows you on Instagram. Like it's, if they, it's up to them to figure out that you're not trying to be the authority. You're just trying to share what you're doing. Yeah. Mm. That, that feedback is usually not constructive. So it's just, I'm not like, I was going to ask earlier, but you know, I'm not looking at the analytics of how, you know, what is better for us to post. It's just like, I'm just, po- we're j- I'm just posting what we do. Right. Right. You know, from the video side, like Doug digs into the analytics, he pays attention to what makes sense, but I'm not like, you know, the only reason our format changes is because I get bored with things and I'm yeah, like, me too. What, if, what if we <laughs> yeah. did, what if we did this? Or like one of the guys in the shop mentioned, uh, bitch and rides the show. So we all sat there for 20 minutes and watched the show. I'm like, let's do that. Yeah, like no, I'm, I'm, I'm exactly like you, Nick. Like, I don't, I don't look at the analytics either, but we have to have meetings about them and I have sure. to pretend yeah. like I know what we're talking about. But, I mean, I'm like, oh, we're all locked home with coronavirus? We're going on Zoom or we're going to do all of our content on Zoom. Start the webinars. And they're like, and they're like, I go to my boss and I go, can I sign up for this account? She goes, sure. I'm like, cool, first webinar tomorrow. <laughs> like, what's it, what's it going to be on? I don't know. We're going to do something now. <laughs> like, let's just start doing it. I don't want to have meetings about it. I don't want to, like, let's just figure it out. Yeah. And you roll, you have to roll with it. One, if you guys haven't checked it out, I got to give them a shout out. Um, building science and beer. If you guys have heard of this mm-hmm. kind of little community discussion group. And since the coronavirus thing landed and they can't meet up, it used to be a once a month meetup in Portland, Maine. Um, and it was like this local building supplier would host them. Uh, since nobody can go anywhere, they started doing it through zoom. And we kind of, we, we connected with them and said, Hey, let's, let's work together on this because we're psyched about it. You guys are psyched about it. We have, we can give you some more reach, et cetera. So now we're kind of partnered up with them. And every Thursday night, there's some of, I swear to you, it's the best content in high performance building that I've seen in a long time. Like the, the, the level of brain and builder and architect that is in that, that digital room talking about stuff is mind blowing. Like, like just absolute geekery solving problems that are like, Oh my God, you guys have to tune into it. I think this Thursday, a lot of time people hear this, it'll already be done, but um, we're doing, uh, we're doing um, whether you can do a vent free roof assembly with, without using spray foam, whether you can do it with fluffy insulation, as we put it, short answer is you can't really safely, but (laughs) So, what I think is, why even dig into that? Was that ever really an option? Yeah, because it's. I mean, well, first of all, there's um, a lot of the manufacturers want to know if it's possible because suddenly, then fiberglass is really relevant to um, high performance, you know, unvented roof assemblies. Because oh my god, you know, you guys figured out how how we can show people to use our product without having to have roof vents. Cool. Yeah, but Um, like, haven't we always known that? you need to have roof ventilation when you have fiberglass insulation yeah but the point was is it possible to do it without by being well, really creative no like I, by having an I, interior vapor barrier and a membrane and makes sense i feel like you're just complicating things oh yeah so we do <laughs> <laughs> could you do a rock wall is it a moisture no. issue no it will it's a yeah you have to have a certain amount of uh, vapor impermeable insulation based on your climate um dew point yeah, exactly. And so you that's why people turn to closed cell spray foam. Um, spray foam is a, I mean, you guys talked extensively with Kyle Mock about spray foam. We don't have to go there again. 
Right. Uh, but um, yeah, you know, we're we're always trying to push the envelope. And this group, BS and Beer, is all about pushing that envelope. And you know, an hour and a half per week, and it is just super cool. Well, what I what is, I like a like. What's interesting and what I like about this is that it, you said it was in Portland, Oregon, right? Uh, Portland, Maine. Maine. The, the other progressive Portland. Yeah, there's yeah. Port, two Portlands <laughs> and there's Texas. And I knew I was going to get it wrong. Both, both progressive. Yeah. But they, like four, there's like four places that are cool to be a builder in the country and two of them are Portland. So it's in Portland, Maine. It was local. Now they decided to make it a Zoom thing. It's And yep. it, I'm sure, I can only imagine that it's a growing network now. Yes. That when we're all through this, that network's going to be huge and they're not going to do a local meet. They'll probably meet up locally for fun, but yeah. it's going to grow into something where it's, no, hey, we meet once a month digitally and this is the the, the way. What is that, Damn. cake? Is that cake, John? No, that's, uh, that's chicken, cauliflower, a little cheese sauce. No condiments, though. Wait, I thought you didn't like sauce. Ah, cheese sauce I do. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's cauliflower. Cheese, cheese isn't sauce. It's just melted cheese. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's sauce. Called, <laughs> called heaven, bro. Um, but I think like, and I, that's that with COVID and everything. And I talked to um, an architect earlier today about this. Is like this is going to change, you know, and and people are going to meet like this, and they're they're taking this opportunity to you know expand their networks in all all like all factors of their life. Oh they're, yeah. They're, they're connecting with their family members that, you know, over zoom when they probably don't even see their family members that much. Yeah. And it's because oh, yeah. it's giving us, I keep saying it, but it's like, we're, we're in big, one big factory reset right now where everyone's like, Hey, like we're going to shut the lights out for a second, rethink what your, your, your approach is to life. And here's your opportunity to kind of restart part of that. Oh, do you have any idea how many meetings we've had and conversations around fine home building about we should do webinars? And then suddenly, like, you force us and it's like, all right, let's do one. And then it's like, yeah, let's do them. Let's do webinars that, constantly. That was easy. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, yeah, exactly. You're like, well, right. that was super easy. Yeah. We've um, been, I've been talking about putting a, an official safety plan in place for my company since I started hiring people. We, th- yeah. we go into COVID <laughs> and I'll, hey, you know what? What we need to go back to work is a safety plan. Great. Let's <laughs> let's do one for it's COVID. It's Boston required it. You right. Exactly. You're absolutely you part. Well, Boston required it. <laughs> Clown. Yeah. I mean, how many times at the at the <laughs> but, office we're like we're printing out photos? Like, I wish we could just get get this to be a digital process. Like, oh, COVID digital. <laughs> right. It's just like all of these things. It just was you know having the the time to to actually put them into place. You know, yeah, you know what? I was hoping I was going to get shut down so I could finish the girls' bathroom that I started like a year ago, and I was going to be COVID new bathroom, but uh, never happened. Yeah, see, I think the flip side of that to, to Tyler's point is like it also it, it also illuminates those things where you're like, man, if I only had more time, I'd finish that bathroom, right? And then you suddenly have more time, and you're like, yeah, that wasn't the reason I'm not finished. That bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't want to go to Home Depot because everyone's there. Yeah. True, John. How's that dinner, man? He doesn't even have his headphones on. He's so muted. I, I oh, muted. He's here. muted. I'm so oh. him chewing. So I'm a, like a 12 year old kid, and I cut up everything first. So I uh, eat, eat no, I'm the same way. I'm the Do same you? way. Listen, Tyler has Tyler has the same lunch every day. So talk about a 12 year old kid. Yeah, that's true. Did you ever tell what him what you have for lunch, Tyler? I've been switching it up. 
<laughs> usually, usually I eat the same thing for lunch every day. What do you got? Usually I eat peanut butter and honey, and then a piece of fruit and a yogurt for lunch yeah. every day. That's crazy. Why not? I'm, Why? I'm not. I'm There's no meat or vegetables or anything. No, I mean well, I he usually has a, he don't has a pack snackables. meat and vegetables for my lunch. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how many people how many people pack vegetables for lunch. I'll I'll make like I'll bring like chicken and vegetables and really up or if it's a sandwich oh, and it's like I a mean, cold I, cut sandwich. I with, typically don't use customers' microwaves. Oh well, so a lot of guys have their own microwave in their truck. You got really? a whole box truck. No, I don't. I don't have that luxury, man. Not down here. I guess the other option would be cold cuts. I guess so. <laughs> so a luxury of a microwave. <laughs> I do the same thing all the time where so much that like in the morning I'll go and get like my my uh, Tropicana drinks that if I sit out front of the, the store, the cashier will actually go and get the drinks for me and have them at the cashier waiting for me. My two Tropicanas because I'm like, I'm on a call, blah, blah. And I'll walk in. And he's like, I got you. And they're already there. Like every store I go into, I order the same thing everywhere. Like even Panera. Remember we talked about the chunky cookie? By the way, mm-hmm. people have DM'd me since Panera's closed and be like, hey, Chick-fil-A's got great cookies. <laughs> like, <laughs> All the stoners. <laughs> it's so many people hit me up. I'm like, that's what I'm known for is cookies. Awesome. Yeah, I don't stray that much. Once I find something that I like. Same. I usually, there's no there's no chance. Oh, yeah, I'm totally, like, you go to a restaurant, like, I'm always going to go with the thing that I know I love as opposed to, like, I, didn't you guys just talk about this with Steve Basic? I feel like you had the exact Maybe. like why did I why did I get this thing when I I should have just stuck with that meal that I knew I liked already? Just get the thing you knew you liked. That's fine. My wife will tell me to change it up. And I'm I like, know. Okay, I'll give it a shot. All I right. Know. Now you ruined dinner. Thanks. Yeah, my wife too. Yeah. Yep. See, I think my wife uh, did the same thing, and I went with it, and I I actually prefer to change it. Yeah. I don't See, know. That's a, that's the NS builder style, though. You guys are progressive. Yeah. You're the exception. Yeah. Like, I didn't eat sushi before. Now I freaking love sushi. You're not one of us, Nick. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> who, who likes sushi? Me. Uh, right here. Oh, you don't. <laughs> yeah, we were there that day. I don't mind not, sushi. Well, Last time I was Nick, it. we went and got sushi. Yeah, we did. In the C10. Wait, did Heck we take yeah. the C10? No, I think we went to and then it wouldn't start. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then we, and then he came That's out cool. to jump it. He came out to jump it. And then he's like, wait. What if I jump it and we go there and then it won't start when we go to leave? Let's not take the seat. Yeah, down. so we just drove. <laughs> and then parked in a legal spot mm-hmm. as a cop drove by and still didn't get ticketed. That was nice. And yeah. us. Ride or die, baby. <laughs> it was pre-COVID. <sighs> so, Justin, are you guys still running your podcast? Uh, I'm not on it very much anymore. I handed it over to... Uh, um, what, what happened was it was me and Brian and Rob and, uh, Brian's son graduated high school and he knew that when his son graduated high school, he, his wife wanted them to move somewhere. Like they were only staying in Connecticut to, for him to finish school. Gotcha. So they were out, they moved, they moved to South Carolina and then Rob left That's a good the, spot to move to, I know Charleston too. Seriously. Um, and then, uh, Rob left to take a, a job at Backcountry hunters and anglers save the world of uh, open spaces. And uh, so I was kind of left on my own and then I got promoted because they all left. So I didn't have as much time. So we just said, well, let's just make it a clean transition. And and uh, so they're they're kind of running on their own now. But I feel you guys paying doing a, a weekly weekly show is a lot of work. They're still running weekly? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's Matt, Patrick. Yeah, Rob. Uh, different Rob and uh, Kylie, who is our design editor. But, you know, then Brian came back and Brian runs Green Building Advisor now. So it all comes around. The guy who hired me at Fine Home Building, Ro Osborne, who was a killer editor, he just got laid off from JLC. So we brought him on as our as one of our stable of freelancers and he's making articles for us again now. That's awesome. That's that whole investing in the future thing, Tyler, is you pick the, you take the good people and you just give them something to do. Like just find that person who's really good at their job and just keep them busy making good content, you know? Yeah. Like, Scoop them up. What about no, uh, Keep sure. Craft Alive? Keep Craft Alive. Well, um, the latest thing that, and this is kind of unofficial, uh, the thing that Rob and I have been talking about, and we've been talking about this with some trade school teachers. We've been having a bunch of Zoom meetings to, to, to hash this out. So um, Rob's still... So everyone knows Rob's still part of Keep Craft Alive, correct? Yeah, he, he left, but he kind of retained that that executive director position. So he still runs that. Um, uh, as you guys know, we've been given scholarships for years. I think we do 16 scholarships every year um, to kids go to trade schools. And we do the fundraisers that you guys know about and, and have helped us spread the word about and attend, which we appreciate. Um, but we started talking to trade school teachers, especially with the coronavirus thing. And we said, we want to better understand what you guys are up against. Like what, what's the struggle you guys are having in putting together curriculums and teaching these kids and doing all that stuff. Um, and what we got back kind of unanimously was that, uh, you know, they, they want an organized curriculum, like a, they want to be able to find everything they want to be able to teach a certain subject like framing or masonry all in one place organized. So they can easily get to it, which we've then started working on. Um, and the other thing is they want to, uh, they want video, complete video of full full processes of building a house. So we're in very early talks of building a complete house as trade school material under the Keep Craft Alive banner. So it would be, um, we're not sure who it would be yet or where it's going to be, but the idea would be to cover it as, and it wouldn't be like, again, it wouldn't be building a house from 1970 like you'd find in a textbook of how to build a house. It would be building a house you know, probably at like the pretty good house level. Um, so some, you know, above code, but not, not like a passive house, not ridiculous so that it has mm -hmm. some, some longer shelf life. Cause you know, we can't, we can't do this every year. So we need to shoot it in a way that's going to be um, right. relevant for a while um, and not look dated or be useless for people. Um, so we're working on that and that's going to take a lot of resources, a lot of time, but I think that would be a dynamite all in one package um, to, to be able to give that to all the trade schools and say, here, use this. Um, sounds like my YouTube page. Yeah. Don't you have like one video, Johnny? Yeah. yeah working <laughs> on it. Okay. Second one's coming out. Documenting the whole process. You should do, um, one where they come and remodel an old 120 year old house in Medford, New Jersey. No. Nah. All the students come do that and document nah. it. <laughs> I mean, I he's, got a, he's got a point. Like, not everyone wants to build new houses. Yeah. Some people want to remodel. So I haven't, I haven't even gotten the program off fingers. the ground. You guys Look are already, fingers. already shooting holes in it. Like, I wasn't. I was saying, I got, like, I got a guy for you. Yeah, super, super slick. You guys can show how to build an entire house. Eh, what about remodeling though? I mean, I mean <laughs> what have you guys done for me lately? <laughs> it could be two series. It could be two, right, Tyler? Yeah, definitely. Just saying. Yeah. 
I think it like uh si- it's sister um sister bu- <laughs> sister <yeah>. series cousin <laughs> something. Oh, oh Tyler, we don't want we don't want we don't want you around any trade schools kids. Your your attitude is it's prob- detrimental. Probably not a bad idea. <laughs> You'll probably connect with so many kids there. I actually while you were just saying that, I was thinking it would be so much fun for somebody to fund one of us to go to trade school for a year. Like to I take would, off like to take off from work and then just like, all right, I'm go, like I'm going to, like I'm going to trade school and I'm like, gonna start I would, I would in the do fall. Enough. I would do it in a heartbeat. Our uh, we, Undercover. Uh, <laughs> our our uh, our deputy editor Matt Milham, who's like He's the man. He, he's the man. He I'm just surprised knows. he didn't invite me to his wedding. I was pissed. I didn't even go to his wedding, so I think it was a small thing. But yeah. um <laughs> but he went that was a cover so, for you So he was yeah. He went into um he was in the military for 10 years and he worked at stars and stripes, the, like the military magazine. And then he came out and he used the GI bill to, cause he'd already gone to college. He used the GI bill to go to trade school. Um, just kind of like, well, oh, this will be cool. Let's do this. And then he ended up combining journalism with building to work for us. But uh, he's got like, it's just a super complete education. I'm really jealous of that. Like there's just no, there's no gaps in his knowledge. It's not like he's an expert at everything, but he's, done a little of everything and he knows the fundamentals so inside and out that it's not like oh yeah this is how i learned how to lay out a, a roof rafter from biff it's like no this is how i learned how to do it from the textbook three different ways calculator on paper you know and and some other third way you know it's it's like it's really i'm jealous of that yeah. you know i'd also be interested to see how how well I would do in an academic setting where it was something that I was reasonably interested in because there was literally nothing in school that I was ever interested in. Was that all four of us in the same boat on that? Or did you like school? Nick? I went to trade school. Oh, okay. So I enjoyed high school. College was, eh, I, I basically put as much effort as it required to graduate. Yeah. That's what I should have done. For me, that was a lot of effort. <laughs> that was all the effort to graduate, yeah. It's funny, uh, though, because I, I put in a ton of effort, and then I realized I understood, like, you know, carpentry, and it came to me so much easier that I kind of just kept leaning into that. Yeah, I'm the same way, Johnny. You know, like, it was just, I finally get something, and I'm getting somewhere, and I don't have to go in reverse as as fast as I learn something. I don't have to go backwards to kind of pick up the pieces and it just seemed so much easier and maybe it was like sports i also got you know don't get me wrong people i would do like a new drill and i'd, I'd be like i wouldn't be first in line i'd be like 10th in line so i could see it happen a few times yeah and there was something about that where with carpentry i could sit back and watch the people ahead of me do it and i got it like nothing and then watch it two more times then it's my way of doing it and then i would tweak it to However, I thought it would be faster or simpler to get the same quality result. And it just, I never stopped. Even today, if you were to tell me when I was 16 to build the stuff I'm building today, I would not, I would think it, I'd be too overwhelmed. Yeah. But but to take those steps to get here, it was never overwhelming. It was never too much. And I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, it's uh, it just builds and it never gets old. Like you're never going to know it all. People are like, when are you going to be done working on your house? I'm like, well, that's not the goal. I'm not trying to finish. 
and just keep projects going forever. <laughs> ask, ask your wife about that. Yeah, no, I, I have. No. <laughs> pretty the sure the goal. Us, pretty then. sure the goal is to finish. Yeah, and the closest. Yeah, but meanwhile, I, I we're sitting at dinner, and I'm like, "What do you think if we?" rip this house down and put a garage and, the, and she'd be like will you please shut up yeah that's yeah. like crazy ideas I'm in my office <laughs> of three years with a chop saw behind me sure I want to see Nick. I also don't I don't, I don't yeah Nick I was going to say go look in. is there HVAC is back there yeah spray foam <laughs> my wife's like kids can't sleep in here there's spray foam exposed I'm like I mean it doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> like whether there's a door on that or not I mean but We're you're right screwed. it's not done she's like well, what about the baseboard I keep tripping over in the in the vanity I'm like it was supposed to kick out for Marley to stand on so she could brush her teeth she's like it doesn't work I'm like it never got done. call Ken I got a guy for that just punch I'm like, that punch just that tell Marley out. to stop brushing her teeth well, now I, she's tall solved, enough. Like she can solved. reach the faucet. It doesn't even matter anymore. <laughs> now, now she's mad that it's not done. Yeah. It's a. I'm like I, I get like ninety percent of the way through projects in the house, and then I just stop and I just move to something else because I get bored with it. But I don't even see it. That's the problem. Like I haven't had baseboard in one section of my kitchen for like eight years. And I don't have any plans to do it. Like I'm like I look at it. I'm like, oh yeah, there's still no baseboard there. And I'm like, oh whatever. <laughs> like it's just it's. I save all my clothing for work, and then I leave everything open here. Like I'm a closer at work. I yeah. Pride myself in that when I get home, like I could probably. I said it just the other day. I'm like I'm finishing this room. I'm working on the shop, and then I turn to the wife and I'm like, you know, we should if we're gonna stop mowing the lawn, have the boys mow it. We should do like a composting bin. I break up like. Gerton's like thing he did. I'm like, oh yeah, he did that. I go, that could totally be a composting bin. We should do that. She's like, she looks at me with this look, like, like that's like the next project, or like that's like tomorrow. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's kind of immediate if you're gonna mow the lawn. And I'm like, um, my back's to the office. My left is the shop that's in pieces. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, it'd be pretty quick. I mean, I'm just saying. Because what's better than starting a new project? I got up one weekend last summer and, and I was like, what do you want to do today? And, and Aaron was like, ah, it's pretty nice how we could we could go for a hike or we could do this. And I'm like, you know what we should do is we should build a like a little pizza oven in the backyard so we can make pizza. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll go to Lowe's. And I just left. <laughs> like, <laughs> She's like, like oh, she went over no, dough and like pizza yeah. sauce. And you're like, whoa, so, this is going to take a few months. <laughs> Not it's like, uh, yeah, it's just starting projects is like way better than finishing them. You know, I thought finishing about this, them is not satisfying. No. I thought about this hard the other day is that like I have a big picture for this house that is like blow the back of the house out, you know, bigger stuff. So like this is just like buying. But doesn't time. that but doesn't like, that prevent you from like wanting to finish the office? Because it's like that's the way I look at my house. And the reason I feel like I haven't finished anything is because my bigger picture would like all the stuff I would finish gets impacted by the bigger picture. It's like, I'd rather just understand, draw and design and understand what the big picture is and then pick little pieces off it and then complete them one at a time. Well, it's funny. I think the big picture is kind of unfeasible for me. Like my dream is that. So I'm like, doesn't really matter if I finish but this because I won't be why satisfied. Is it, I don't, why is it I unfeasible? I don't know money, life, a lot of things. But I think, but if you if you had that fully designed, oh, and then knew, just have it fully designed, right? And then knew how that impacted your office, 
if you f- then when you finish that office, you'd be like, boom, I'm like two percent there. It doesn't even touch the. I've already drawn it. it doesn't touch the office. <laughs> it's not an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the fact that I'm like I'm so far from hitting that overall goal where I would be complete that having this stuff done is almost insignificant. Mm. It's weird. That's like, I'm where'd you get the pocket door from? I didn't ever notice the pocket door. Dude. That pocket door is awesome. I was so psyched when Johnny posted that. And you know what? I didn't post it doing it because I, I hadn't done one in like 12 years myself. So I'm like, I'm not putting this up in case I screw this up. Dude, like, when the, when the guys put that the, the guys put that synchronized one in our office. Ready, watch this though. Watch. Oh yeah, that Damn. keeps going into the Wait, jam. Wait, it's a little that's, far that, back that, in there, man. That's a couple <laughs> inches in. This one's perfect. I don't know what happened with that one. That's a good inch and a half in the in the. It was, he just you drive a drywall screw back there yeah, at just, the right distance. Just put a dowel in through the back of the baseboard. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's actually a good idea, Tyler. I like. That. I was I, I was trying to say drywall screw. I don't know why he was a dowel. That's that's fine. All right. Um, <laughs> domino. We did the we did the synchronized one in the office, and we've never installed this kit ever. The guys have never, like, never installed anything like it. Drop it off. And I'm like, Doug will be here at nine. We're going to film it. And the guys were like, is, is he serious? I was like, yeah, don't worry about messing up. We'll cut it out. And it Here's was like, it, yeah, it, they spent all day doing it. And and I was like, how'd it go? They're like, it, it went okay. A <laughs> couple bumps. I'm like, video looks great, guys. That's yeah. the crazy thing when I look at what you're doing, Nick, is like all the projects you're working on have things that are constantly out of your comfort zone. It's like, you're always That's doing, I, I you're never, that. you're never doing like a pocket door. You're doing like some synchronized pocket door. You're like, God, I'm like, I'm never going to just be good at this. It's like, <laughs> I feel like it's, <laughs> That's but, but that's what I lo- like. We, we have a project right now where there's a, a massive pocket door in it. And we, I walked in the office a couple weeks ago and I was like, Hey, what are we doing for hardware on that door? And we, we all look at the drawings and the specs. We're like, Oh, there's nothing spec. It said like I think it said TBD. So we reached out to the architect. The architect's, oh, I don't know. Let me pick something. So they pick something, and he sent it. And um, and I had asked. I think it was Mike or Ken. I'm like, hey, what would they end up picking? And they sent me a picture. I'm like, we're not doing that. I said, what do you mean? Like the the client loves it. I'm like, yeah, that that's like an off the shelf. Like this is stupid. I'm like, this is going to look like crap. That door is never going to be closed. When you walk by it, you're going to see the shiny chrome thing all the time. Let's 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 think about this. Like, we can be better than what we can buy off the shelf. And there's this guy, uh, John, we talked about last week, Brentabuck. He, he in, his, in one of the closets he did, he did this, like, basically, like, CNC routered, like, detail in the drawers. Like, super sexy. And I was like, take that turn it vertical and we'll cnc both sides of the door so when the door is uh, closed you all all you do is you basically put your finger in this like recessed groove in the oak that has like this natural look to it It basically looks like you've you like squeezed it it was on didn't ken post it yeah ken posted on the story and and when it's closed you just put your finger in it you push it shut and then there's no hardware when the door opens it's like well how are you going to pull it out of the pocket we put a bumper on it so you put your hand on it and you push it, and it bumps the, the door out of the pocket. So there's no hardware. And when when it's just, to your point, like, that's what I like about what we do. And thankfully, have the clients that allow us to do these things is that there's the, let me pick something, and we'll run with that. Or it's, how can we be more creative with 
our solution? Can we come up with something that's different, that's better? And I, I had done a story the other day. I oftentimes, like there's oftentimes where it's like, you're just wasting the client's money. Like that's stupid. Like you could just buy something. And I was like, sure, let's do the math. Cost me a hundred bucks to design it, three hundred dollars to have it CNC'd, and we're done. Or, or the other way around is have an architect design it that's off the shelf that still costs right five hundred architect a thousand dollars for the hardware yeah. and probably four hours for the guy to mortise and fit it in place and be done with it. So I'm into it for let's just call it double the money yeah. to be I, safe. I found that I tell I tell my guy John I'm like if you're gonna go to the architect and designer, don't ask them what they want. If there's nothing there, suggest this and yeah. have that have this as the jumping off point. Mm-hmm. So wherever they go from there, you've already kind of curated where you want it to go. Right. But if you give them, they'll go into a catalog. They'll have an associate. Public right. That doesn't. Right. Matter. It's it's getting handed down to the, like the low man on the totem pole. Like figure this out. So yeah. that's usually but, what it is, Justin. It's like we're we're given you know, a spec that is like run of the mill, something we're comfortable with. Mediocre. And then we come back and say, hey, can we do this? Yeah, I get you. Know, you. Like, like that pocket door for that hard, for that specific pocket door was Simp- uh, Simpson, whatever the, the standard one is. Yeah, I was, Simpson. Or yeah, Johnson? It's Johnson. 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 Johnson's pocket door, yeah. I was like, dude, we're not, this is, this is like a 250 pound, two and a quarter inch oak pocket door. We're not using Johnson hardware. Yeah, it's a no point. So I was like, we I talked to the guys at HD Mike at HD, and I was like, "Hey, was I want awesome. a, a soft close, bump open, best top of the line hardware." And he's like, "Yep, we'll do a Hawa with a bump open, soft uh, soft close. Great. Send the spec." And he's like, "I've never even heard of this." I'm like, "I'm telling you right now, it's far better than what you spec'd." He's like, "All right, I'm cool with that." He goes, "What's the bump open for?" I'm like, "Cause we're not using your handle. Like, we're <laughs> this is gonna be." And we show him, he's like, yeah, like if I knew that was an option, I would have picked it. I'm like, right, that that's what. Here you I, go. I, yeah, here's here's the option. And I and I and Ken had that sample block made up of all the different sizes. I'm like, save that, keep that. That's there. the thing. And you're it's, welcome. But it's directly tied to the fact that when you go to a restaurant, you want to try the thing you've never tried before. Like you're always pushing for like the next cool yeah. new thing. Like it's my a sushi. new. A new, yeah, it's a new piece of hardware you've never heard of before. This one's higher end. This one's more complicated. Like it's always like a new challenge of how to get it done, which is super cool. That's like that's your that's the way you get creative. I just put cheese sauce on everything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you really can't go wrong. <laughs> I seriously, like, <laughs> sort of like cinnamon. It makes everything better. No, no, no. What? <laughs> too hot. No. Cinnamon? What are you talking about? Think of a food. Think of a what food. What are you talking has, about? Think of a food that has cinnamon that's not good. Pizza. All of them. What? I don't. I'm not saying hold on, hold on. I'm not saying put cinnamon on anything. I'm saying any food that has cinnamon is good. No, that's not what you said. Yeah, I said you it said wrong. Put, put, put cinnamon on anything. Yeah, don't good. do that. Don't do that. Like, that's bad. I'm like sushi, pizza. Listen, steak. I got a, I got an eight week over here, eight week old over here. I'm not sleeping. Yeah, you should get back to. <laughs> sure, you should get sure. back to that kid. I, uh, Justin, pass the, I don't even know what I just said for the last two and a half hours. So <laughs> I blacked out. Yeah, this this was uh, appreciate you hopping on, man. Once I had the cheese sauce, I was out. <laughs> I was done. Yeah, hopefully it helps somebody fall asleep listening to this. Nah, dude, these are always so fun. Yeah, it, it's uh, you know, I I can speak for I think all of us that we appreciate what you do at Fine Home Building and you know what you guys bring to the the trades. We we've been at some great fundraisers with you guys and the partnership and the friendships that we've developed 
over mm-hmm. the course of the last four or five years, whatever it's been, uh, has been awesome. And it's, I, I think it's really exciting to hear that you get you you're pushing to keep that magazine alive. Uh, so if, and if anyone's listening and doesn't subscribe to it, you should. It's cheap and mm-hmm. it's you know fact checked good information uh that you know then you can go create your own content based around it but you know you know you know what's funny is i used to my my mom never knew what to get me and i'd always tell her to get me a, renew my subscription yeah for christmas yeah. every year it's like that stocking stuffer every single yeah. year and look i mean you don't you, when you sign up you get a choice of whether you want the print magazine you don't have to get it it's you get you sign up and you get access to everything we've ever done who doesn't want a print magazine though? Seriously, I save them like they're a lot like of people don't. A lot of people don't want it. I, you know what? But I think that there'll be some nostalgia where it will come back. That's what I'm thinking too. I think and, it's all just going to spin around. You know, I found a bunch of my old ones, and I did get rid of some of them. But you know, w- when they come in, I put them on the the table at work. Like, what are your old ones? Uh, like, not as old as yours, <laughs> but like, what is that? 1999? Like, what, no, like 1998. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I, I take you know I take the recent ones I do- drop them on the, the the table at work so when the guys are eating lunch they can skim through them and it's like you should have every new employee gets a subscription yeah oh, Nick oh there you go you should hey. get them a subscription for every new employee man that's another bonus I could add to and green building advisor incentive company benefits yeah it looks good on looks good on uh on a sell sheet there if you depend on that with me you guys are definitely going out of business <laughs> For sure, you don't stand a chance. <laughs> Average like one employee every three years. <laughs> buy you a and third, they, a third of a subscription per year, and they flame out in spectacular fashion. Half, half of its family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. How many brothers do you have? <laughs> Too many. Every time I talk to you, like, yeah, my brother's working. Not that brother, a different brother. I got a different brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have three brothers and one sister. Five of us. Wow. Four too many. Yeah. You know? I got three. I got three older brothers myself. I get it. And I feel like they're. I got an accountant, a mechanical engineer, and an architect. Yeah. So, so you, like your parents were. Oh God. Yeah, I know. Jesus. Yeah, and I was the youngest. They're like, what you know? happened? They just let, they let it go. Yeah. They were done. They were burnt. Yep. Put it in neutral. Yeah. It's like whatever. Who cares at this point? All right, gentlemen. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. And uh, oh, one last little word to anybody anybody listening is, yeah. um, all this content, Green Building Advisor, Fine Home Building, it's all it's all reader written content. So just reach out to us. Like find me on Instagram, fh at taunton.com. I guarantee you, you think that you're not good enough to be in the magazine, and I guarantee you, you are. Um, it doesn't. You don't need to be some spectacular, accomplished builder who's building nine thousand square foot mansions. We want you who's got a great way to like, you know, we did two piece baseboard with Nick. We did shiplap on a gable wall with Johnny and his crew and tiling a backsplash and Tyler, we did mud floors and uh, crown molding. Like it's not, it, it just because it's common everyday stuff doesn't mean that it's not spectacular and worth sharing because there's a ton of information that's happening uh, down in those little details of the day to day stuff which you guys prove by talking to these contractors every week on this show and, and hearing about the processes. I do have one more question for you. Yeah. Why do you have two split units on your wall? 
because one of my mini splits died and I got a replacement and, and, uh, and I, instead of taking down the old one, I just put a new one in a different spot. That's amazing. I wanted to ask right when we started, but I was like, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's not another mini split. No, it's another mini split. It's, it's my shop. Pat- it's a hole to patch. Well, part of it, it helped too, that I felt like I didn't install the first one in a, in a smart place. Like I had, it was too hard to route the line set outside. And that, so when I put up the new one, I'm like, I'm just going to put it right on the exterior wall and just go straight out. And then the I other go, one, I got know. a different point. It's like, I'm going to remind the new one. This could be you. Yeah, so exactly. It it's intimidation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you break, I'm just going to leave you on the wall and someone else will be replacing you. Yep. Yep. I don't have any room. So this one's going to have to last. I don't have any more wall space to hang a third one. <laughs> All right, man. All right, guys. We'll talk Thank to you, you later. Take care. See, See you, dude. We do have uh, another review this week. So we got one from Darak with a lot of K's. Really? A at the beginning. Yeah. Having listened to the guys in the Modern Craftsman for some time, I've heard firsthand the progression of the quality and the content that this episode entails. These guys are the real deal, the authentic passion that these men share for the craft of construction, fine dwellings, and the education and awareness it brings to our industry is awesome. Each of the personality types brings a nice chemistry and balance, but their own open conversation represents a genuine dialogue from a different vantage uh, from different vantage points. Not just a seamless agreement on the topic at hand. This podcast brings those across this nation and beyond together on a common platform to reflect the quality and care we believe in and stand behind. Further, an industry outsider could listen in to hear the thought, care, expertise, passion, successes, and struggles for those of us who care greatly about this industry and have to pull off beautifully constructed homes with what appears to be fluidity and ease. Love the variety of guests and trades, businesses they represent. You're doing a great job. Keep grinding, boys. I know it ain't easy. That's a good review. That is a good review. I was also told after last week's episode that I am the diplomat of the crew. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Diplomat, huh? That's what Does I that make sense? Do you get license plates with that or what? You I think like so. I, had, I like Googled it to make sure I understood the, the definition right. I was like, am uh, I? So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I want some more feedback on that. What do we have for reviews? Do we need to hit a plateau soon? Do we We're need to hit 690? Yeah, I think we can hit 700. Okay. 10 okay. reviews, guys. Do we have any hats left? Yeah, we do. All right. If we hit 700... One of those will get a free hat. And I feel like, so I've You know what? How many hats do we have? I got to check the inventory. Roughly. <laughs> hey, what's the inventory? So Patterson, where's Patterson? <laughs> what's the inventory we have? <laughs> I love that. All right. Hey, you know what? Me. We'll do five hats. Yeah, we could do that. So we'll pick five random if we hit, uh, if we hit 700. Yeah. We'll send them out. Done. I got them. If not, we'll have more made. Upstate. Merch. Killing it. Yeah. yeah, I was just talking to They him. just started a podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We pushed it, yeah. That's sick. He's awesome. Um, He's always supported us and the industry. Yeah. If you guys don't... If, actually, I've seen recently, I feel like everyone's going through this like, all right, what do I got to do? I got to order short shirts. Uh, so if you guys do need shirts or any brand wear, uh, Dylan's been great. Um, oftentimes runs that special for contractors or maybe it's always going. I don't even know. I feel I like it's, it's always, going. always going. Yeah, he's got a killer deal for the contractor shirts and but any of uh even custom stuff. Johnny, you've sent jackets out there. Yep. Um I, I buy all you, my Carhartt stuff and send it out. Yeah. But even more so if you don't have a logo, guys. Yeah. 
he'll work with you with the artwork and it's gonna be good quality stuff that yeah. you'll want to have represented on your back for sure all right well, that turned into a plug didn't see that coming oh well <laughs> see you guys see you guys next week thank you